Welcome to the Scott Shepherd Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Record to computer. All right. Well, um, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I have Bob Dotto. It is not Dodo, for the record. Let's get that all cleared up. I have Bob Dotto uh, yeah. with me here. Um, I I read up, you know, on, I love your website, by the way. It's very artistic. You don't see mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of websites like that these days. It's all, you know, very functional. Yours is like yours is very mm-hmm. deep, very funny. Like I, I, I recommend anyone visiting your website to click every single link, even if they're not like interested in the page. Like I think the the newsletter link is like just some chick scro- strolling on by with like a vacuum or something like that. It's our friend, our friend Sarah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. So um, I would, okay, so there's probably a million ways we could uh, describe you. Many facets to Bob Dotto. Um, I wrote this down, um, and this is, we can even go crazier than this, but it's Bob Dotto, writer, teacher, Zettel Costin practitioner, which is important. You don't just linger in the forums. You're not just, you know, devising, um, I don't know, schemes and asking questions all day because you don't want to make mistakes. You are a Zettel Costin practitioner, mm-hmm. which is important. And anarcho-Marxist, which uh, maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. get into. I can't wait to hear about this. Uh, a, here, here's something even better. A witchy folk Catholic. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say this is my addition, a, a well-bearded individual. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a 20, 20 year beard. We'll do that for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, yeah. Where do we where do we find you right now? Are you in uh, Brooklyn or where whereabouts is Bob Dotto these days? Yeah, I, I actually just got back to Brooklyn. I was in England for a week um, visiting some of my girlfriend's family. And uh, yeah, so I am I am back in Brooklyn in the the hurricane weather. So it's lots of good waves happening right now in the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm here just hanging out, getting reacquainted to the apartment and doing my things. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 I, I saw a post. It looked like you were in like a really, uh, like tweet. It was looked like you were in like a really freaking cool place out in the middle of the woods with just your, uh, your, you had your like oh. laptop <laughs> propped up on a wooden bench and you're just sitting there and doing obsidian, uh, settle cost and work and in the yeah. flow so that looked that looked awesome <laughs> yeah that was upstate what we call upstate here in new york so it's like okay. just outside the city there's it's basically all country with the exception of little towns and of course a couple other cities but um yeah we're up there quite a bit uh and um yeah we were in a kind of cabin that weekend and uh yeah it was a tiny house one of these okay. tiny houses oh yep i got so... <laughs> deep into that mode at one point in my life i was like 
I was looking at a lot in uh, out in Temecula, in Te- oh. uh, which is a uh, you know like wine uh, mm-hmm. region, and just just to buy a really cheap piece of land and just create like a compound of tiny homes. And mm-hmm. I got so into that. This is like two two years ago. I never ended up pulling the trigger because there was mm-hmm. things like you know worrying about sewage and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, this well, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was a tiny house compound. Basically, it was like 20 acres or whatever it was. Nice. A few different tiny houses. Their uh, their remedy for sewage was to have a compost toilet in the. Uh, so it's like a Swedish toilet where you basically number two into a bag. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a brilliant system. I mean, it was a really brilliant toilet. We were fascinated with this toilet for all week, but yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. where I was in the woods yeah. doing obsidian, doing zettelkasten at that time. Nice, nice, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, one of the things we'll probably touch on a bunch of different topics. Um, probably we'll go uh, deep and nerd out and geek out in the zettelkasten PKM land. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to start with, and you know, just get up to speed with you. I can't remember when I first like met you or came across you uh i think it was maybe in the zettelkasten forums and you had like Mm a um you were i think maybe you still have it like a um you know like one of the reddit avatars with a uh with a cap on it uh and you were in there and then i think you were like pretty involved in the zettelkasten um regular forums but why don't we start with when did you like, what was your origin story with Zettelkasten? Like, when mm. did you actually first learn about Zettelkasten? Um, how did you get introduced to it? And how long have you been in the, I guess you can, yeah, like the, the community? And mm. what, how did you come about it? Um, I think about the same time you did, actually, the, the little bit I know about from, from your newsletter and stuff. Um, so I had heard about it just in passing years and year, years and years ago. So I don't know, five years, six years ago or something, but mm-hmm. didn't do much with it. You know, I, I, I get really excited about new systems. Um, and then, but then I'm kind of like a creature of habit. So I tend not to like shift too much from what, what works for me. Um, so I had heard of it and come across it in just that time and then didn't really start really using it until, right, right around the pandemic, actually. So like, Mm -hmm. really like investing in it. So I kind of had like this, like, flirtation, like, what is this weird thing for a number of years, and just kind of kept it in the background, and then was like, I actually want to try this. So so that was maybe two, two and a half years ago, or something, something like that, um, is when I really kind of pulled the trigger on it, so to speak, to like, really invest in it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, then I then I became part of like the community, the talking. I wasn't part of any of that until I started actually doing it, any of the like, forums or anything. Yeah, like the Reddit Zettelkasten forum, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah the the uh, the the interesting thing that I that I think that um, well a lot of interesting things is um, you. I remember you saying like, and I was like you know, listening to some of your, your interviews. And I totally agree with this, something that you said, you're like, I think like the moment that you spend too much time, like in the forums, you know, uh, going back and forth with people, it can get like, that's when it like stops becoming as much fun <laughs> <laughs> yet. Like, you know, I find myself doing the same thing. It's like, I'm like, mm. you know, I could 
like with a lot of the threads or Reddit threads and stuff, like I can go like spend so much mind energy into going super, super deep. But, you know, it's like at the same time, it's like it can just be like this endless black hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's something, uh, you know, I I uh, I can share with you <laughs> on that front. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of experience with like comments <laughs> from mm-hmm. like, because I, I started blogging in 2001, I think, or some, somewhere you know, a long time ago. Um, yeah. And and so I'm pretty co- comfortable. Oh, I shouldn't say comfortable, but I am well versed in like the 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 environment of the comment thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually stopped blogging for a while just because I was like, I can't take the, the comment scene mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, this was, again, many years ago. But um, and that, that periodically comes around. I, I think I've found my peace with forums and stuff. I, I had to ditch a few of them just because I just get too riled up, but now, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's what, it's not fun. I don't feel good. My nervous system's all ratcheted up. It just isn't, it's not pleasurable, but, um, and then all day I'm like thinking about like what I should have said, and whatever. But anyway, uh, but I that's- have found my peace with it, you know, now, and, and now I treat it and I'll recommend this to you too, because you have good insights people should hear um, that now I just see Reddit and the Zettelkast and specifically that, that little scene um, as just an opportunity to teach people, help people um, and actually generate work out my own ideas and generate content because I invest in my responses. You know, I'll, I'll respond kind of at length at times. And I, if I do something like that, I'll almost always just cut and paste it, drop it into a note, like a more of a writing note. And just be like, this is an article, you know, or this mm-hmm. is a blog post. And and so so there is like a yield beyond just the back and forth I yeah. find with it. So yeah. Otherwise it'll drive you nuts. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it I think you you saw me like I came into the Reddit forum like, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half ago, like a bull in a china shop. And I was just oh, like, yeah. like God, what are you what is this? I was cause I was like on my, you know, in a you know, the high of going really deep into Nicholas Lumen's world. And, you know, like I would see a lot of posts, you know, people talking about, you know, using it as like a kind of a productivity workflow or philosophy. I'm like, no, this is not what it's about at all. Like, not that there's anything wrong with productivity (laughs) philosophies or frameworks, you know? Um, Yeah. That's something I think, you know, you, we all have to learn ourselves. It's like not to get too caught up in it because yeah, exactly what you said, you find yourself like, thinking and refining editing your response and thinking about about it all day um that's We're similar in that way i i, I just to say <laughs> like i i have feel kindred spirit and when you were first coming out i uh saw myself in a lot of that too yeah. um of being like you come out of the gate sort of swinging you know yeah. oh yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. you're trying to like you know you're you're making your room, making space for yourself. And then eventually you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 After a while, it's like, what's, what's cool. And in, in, in it introduces, this is like one of the insights I had when talking with Sasha, you know, from settle cost and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. DE. Right. Yeah. Is, and there, there's always this, any, any uh, great intellectual exercise is to, you know, argue the exact opposite point that you're trying to make. And, mm-hmm. um, it, and then also just the conversation with like Sasha and other people, it makes you kind of get creative and see, you know, strengths of different types of systems and like how different people use different systems and all of that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting though, going back to how you create and kind of, I guess, capture 
a value like long term in your the Reddit replies or any any forum replies. So do you first reply to the person and then you capture it and then put it in to your Zettelkasten as a note? Is that how the workflow? I mean, obviously it's never the same, but you know, generally speaking, is that how you usually do it, or what what kind of uh, workflow do you use there? Uh, the vast majority of the stuff that comes out of Reddit is goes directly into article because most of what's in Reddit, most of what I'm saying in Reddit is either coming from my Zettelkast and not like I'm going back there and mining it, though I do, especially if I need to like show a quote or because I have lots of Lumen's resources in there, like lots mm-hmm. of basically have parsed out everything Lumen has ever said on the subject into a variety of notes. So I have them there in my like toolkit, but usually um, I'm just taking the comment when I do and, and put it into a a working file. Like Mm -hmm. I, like I said, like you said, I use Obsidian and I'll just put it into a working file, format it real quick as like an article and just put it in the lineup and then I'll either get to it or not or whatever. And, but I do find that I get a lot of, like good basic 101 material and and some niche granular stuff too out of the reddit comments because those comments are and those questions are the same ones over and Mm -hmm. over and over again so i'm like well i can just (laughs) i've made a number of articles that are kind of these like 101 articles that i could just point people to um and so that's what i that's the workflow tends to be able to cut it paste it drop it into an article and then refine you know edit and work on it as i go it's just just becomes part of the part of the flow of never ending articles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, yeah. You know, one of the things in, you know, maybe I was planning on getting into this later, whatever, let's talk about it now. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really stood out about the way that you do Zettelkasten that I really liked and resonated with is, you know, the th- and then th- I think we talked about it. Like we touched on, it came up briefly in the anti-net Reddit was the concept of Vogel's idol. Right. And which is, you know, using, I call it numeric alpha, as you know, you, alphanumeric, whatever you want to call it. Many back and forth is about that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try <laughs> the, the English language is something you can't really, uh, you know, force. And yeah, we'll see what happens, yeah. what, what happens there. Um, whatever you want to call it, but using yeah. like essentially card addresses and like like lumen and that's the practice i think you you know you you ascribe to and you follow which i think is really interesting i think it's super useful super underrated in in digital right because it essentially forces you to review your old you know knowledge and install you know a new piece of knowledge in the most related and similar place which i think is one of the most important practices in this in you know using the system and you know the so the 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 infamous post you know sasha created it was like no lumen was not about the fogel's idol you know Mm -hmm. so in your opinion you know was lumen about the fogel's idol and what are your thoughts on the importance of using the alphanumeric addresses instead of you know timestamps yeah um, you know, I, the, I responded to Sasha in a, in long form, like a mm-hmm. 3,600 yeah. num, you know, word article or something, mm-hmm. because I don't disagree with, with Sasha's claim that Lumen wasn't that, that Fogazettle or alphanumeric or numeric alpha. I don't think that's core 
in the way that maybe you do it and you, you could explain it for yourself, but I don't think it's core to Lumen's practice as in you cannot do, you cannot achieve what he's trying to do without it. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that you can achieve what he's trying to do without it. What I don't agree with is that it's outdated, outmoded, serves no function. Digital has made it obsolete. I think that's complete BS um, because there's all these functions is all, you know, as I showed in the piece, there's all these things that it does to your practice to to use Fogazetal, which I love to use, mm-hmm. um, that that extent that are far beyond just as an identifier, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you sort of touched on some of them that it forces you to kind of make at least one connection. Um, it uh, it it orients you visually, which I think is very helpful. Um, it, it does a number of things, right? It gives you a bird's eye view of where clusters are forming without even having to open notes, which Lumen liked like to be able to do right you know he's mm-hmm. always like i don't want to have to take everything out i just want to kind of thumb through it um so it does all these little little things that kind of super like go beyond what even maybe lumen's reasons were for um so but do i think i, I don't think that it's necessary to like i said before i don't think it's necessary to achieve what lumen was trying to achieve i think the things that sasha does and the way sasha works achieves what lumen was trying to achieve probably very well i've never invest like, investigated his system but i get the sense that it works well for him um but it doesn't really matter right because it is a function it is a practice it is something you can do that has an effect mm-hmm. and i think it has positive effects um and that enough that's that alone is, is makes it worth something yeah um, yeah yeah, the the that's a the question or a point is what Lumen was trying to achieve. You know, it's like <laughs> what, what what was he trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. You know, like what do you uh, you know? Because on one hand is um what he was trying to achieve was essentially you know a a thirty year theory of everything as applies to society, and he was unapologetically dense and you know like you know, really hard to penetrate and understand. And that was almost like a defense mechanism tactic against, you know, stupid people, as he termed it. I think he said, like, who are you afraid of the most? Uh, you know, it was like something about like critics. And he's like, what types of critics do you fear the most? And he's like, the stupid ones, which mm-hmm. is why, he, you know, he wrote so densely. <laughs> it's like you had to actually speak his language, be a sociologist, you know, as like the precursor step to even earn the right to understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um and that said, it's like with with his system, what do you think what he was trying to achieve? What was his, you know, goal in the way that he constructed his, you know, his cybernetic network, as he as he termed it? Yeah, I I I think that he was trying to achieve a sense of freedom, freedom from having to consider and constrain the way freedom from from constraints that would limit his ability to think freely like you know Mm -hmm. he talks about his brain not being like not being like other people's you know in the way that he's like i don't think linearly i think Mm -hmm. kind of spatially and and he i get the sense that he want he created a system or or developed a way of working with a zettelkasten that allowed him to feel free feel, Mm -hmm. feel like he 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 had broken out of kind of these limits of of organization so he kind of uh, 
he kind of embraced disorganization. You know, he calls his Zettelkasten a disorder, mm-hmm. right? Um, as in disordered, not like a pathological. Yeah. Although yeah. that's probably no, true. It's, on some it's just a system of <laughs> disorder and order or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Chaos yeah. and order yeah. and all that. Yep. And, and I, and that's a radical thing. That's a beautiful thing in my, my, my sense. Um, and that's what I think he was trying to do. And the subject matter, you know, was just sort of the vehicle to to play with this thing. But I really believe that he just wanted, he, he just enjoyed this ability to be wild, mm-hmm. to be kind of wild-eyed, you know. So much of the little things he say, you get this sense of like, he liked, you know, we talk about serendipity or forgetting notes and stumbling upon old notes. And he he really appreciated that, that um getting lo- that feeling of getting lost and finding mm-hmm. himself in yeah. his ideas accidents um, and randomness yeah. Yeah. yeah he he really appreciated that which is rare and it's mm-hmm. it's rare even in the Zettel, you know so much of the Zettel cast in discourse is about how not to have that experience i know right like always pushing back <laughs> against that i guess you are too um so many people it, that's a hard one because control i mean that goes way deep in the dna mm-hmm. like wanting to control oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so he he was perfect seemed perfectly happy to give up some control and mm-hmm. and i think that's what he was trying to do with the the system at least mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's um it's interesting yeah it, the human need for control is like mm-hmm. perennial and i think like a lot of people it's funny it's a lot of people that i think enter the the whole pkm space is the solution that they're seeking is essentially control right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um uh, you know, information overload, I need to control all this information overload, you kind of, you know, it's it's interesting, I think the paradox is introduced that it's like, you actually want the exact opposite, you want a system that, you know, embraces and introduces odd structures in chaos, so it has its own unique personality. Um, I think that in what's what's interesting, just to highlight for people, I think what the terms that you're mentioned and mentioning and the things that you are talking about, and like, what I'm talking about, like, having a unique personality and chaos and all that stuff. It's not stuff that you and I have just invented. It's stuff that, you know, you, I can tell, you know, from everything that you post and, you know, you've just mentioned it, you have a very deep understanding of what Lumen actually said and what he wrote Mm because you've done the work of reading, you know, communication with note boxes, right. And his, his paper on it. And it's funny is because a lot of people, you know, I think, this just my observation, maybe, you know, you can, maybe you have a different experience is a lot of people in the Reddit, you know, Zettelkasten or, you know, deep in the space, they don't even read the Lumen's paper. I mean, it's hard to read. It's, it's, I mean, it's not hard, but it takes time. You know, it's like, it looks like a brief paper, but it takes a lot of time. Like it took me like, I think a month of going through with a pen in hand, you know, going like sentence by sentence, parsing out what he means, you know, because the way he wrote was like a carnivalesque, ironical nature where he kind of like liked, you know, saying things in a certain way. Um, And like, have you found that same type of thing or experience of like where, Lumen says exactly what we're talking like he says it but a lot of people they don't bother even reading like the the paper that he wrote about it hey scott shepherd here real quick this podcast is sponsored by me yes me sir scott of shepherd 
I am committed to never shilling some dildo hipster crappy freaking product like all the other podcasters do. All right? My only ask, however, is that you spend 10 seconds right now. Literally pull to the side of the freaking road, the freeway. Stop. (laughs) Rate and review this podcast. Share it with a friend. This will help me spread my movement. You see, I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days writing and creating using analog tools while making multiple six figures if they even need to, and more importantly, building a tribe of people that they were called to build, okay? And I want you to rate and review this podcast because it will directly help me in this mission. That's all I ask. All right, now back to the regularly scheduled program. Peace. Yeah, I I, I would assume so. <clears throat> I, mean, I get the sense that that's the case. You know, I haven't really... I haven't really like talked to people too much about that, but I do get the sense that there's a lack of um, just familiarity with what the dude said, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, you know, speaking of that, I really, I don't even push that, that article so, so much though. I, though I will, because it's part of the canon, the small mm-hmm. canon <laughs> yeah. of his. Very it's tiny. funny. There is a canon emerging out of this whole space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a seminal text, even though it's like yeah. three pages long. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but you know, his interviews, like I, what yeah. I know, I get the, again, kin here that you've also kind of scoured to find all the little things he said in, in interviews and stuff. That's where I have found a lot of the kind mm-hmm. of juice, you know, is where he's not trying to to present it. It's like someone catches him off guard with a question about a Zettelkast and after they talked about systems for t- four hours mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, you have this spot. And then he kind of like is loose about it. He talks about it. He's very frank about it. And you get this very human, uh, you get a, you get a human being talking about his method. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those handful of interviews where he gets into it um, have been really informative for me um, because I get his sense. You know, I get a sense of the person, um, not so much like the you need to do this, this, and this. It's 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 a, the human just working with a system that he kind of like has developed over the course of thirty or forty years. Um, so I keep uh, a little. Like I keep all those resources handy so that I can just pull them for people mm-hmm. and be like, just read this, read this, read this and start on page nine or whatever it is and yeah. throw it into Google translate. It's all in German, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Are you, you're talking about the, there's the attitude in, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's uh shortcuts is his like that. That's the compilation with mm-hmm. a lot of the interviews. Um, are you talking about, the ones maybe there's ones even outside of shortcuts um which i think is a compilation what's what's the when you said like uh you know he's talking about systems theory for you know four hours and then you see the human side like what's the specific example um you know which one are you talking about i'm looking here i have them brought them up my phone here because i got them ready to go um lumen on lumen is the section I or lumen on zettelkasten yeah uh there's communicating there's lumen's notes on zettelkasten so the notes themselves there's the attitude in which is the german interview and then there's the one with wolfgang wolfgang hagen um so i don't know the names of that one uh, name mm-hmm. of those two but um yeah in i don't remember which one specifically but in there you, you know those interviews aren't about his zettelkasten per se they're sort of yeah. about his work mm-hmm. is because yep He's also 
he's he's in outside of our little world he's more known for his writing than he is for his Zettelkasten. So they were talking to him obviously about his theories Mm -hmm. and then sort of stepping in and talking about his workflow and the times of day he writes. And, you know, I've I've seen you mention that before and, you know, then you get this human and, you know, there's a very human aspect. I forget which interview where he talks about how that he's quite lonely, you know, because he says Mm -hmm. something to the effect of all my friends have died. Yeah. His best Um, friend um, who he likely was influenced and learned, you know, the mm-hmm. whole system of Zettelkasten from mm-hmm. um, his, yeah, he called, you know, his yeah best friend, you know, and then his, I think his wife died, Ursula died, uh, maybe like two years, one or two years after that. Um, yeah. And yeah, he talks about yeah. that. So that gave him a lot of time to, yeah, really just, yeah, read, do what he loves, <laughs> read yeah, all day, do- write all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and luckily he was, you know, he turned towards this process of, of investigating and writing and research and, and learning um as his kind of like I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it but it was a companion. You know, he mm-hmm. talks about his Edelkassen as a companion. Yeah. It obviously was a companion. Um and yeah, so you get to these glimmers of of the human, which I think are really important for a lot yeah. of us. That's an important point. That's something I talk about, you know, my forthcoming big ass book that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's been, so long. It's much longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I, I, and I had to cut off myself from research. I have a whole like a pile of books on the floor over there. Like, cause yeah. I could have gone so deep into like different, you know, like Anne Blair and her book, like too much to know. There's all the, you know, the stuff that uh, Chris Aldrich and another fellow mm-hmm. in our industry loves, you know, the history of uh, knowledge management, knowledge development, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a tangent. What, what, one of the things though, that I talk about in, in this, this beast of a book, and I've also seen it come up ultimate, like all over the place is the concept of the Zettelkast and of your notes as a communication partner or as an mm-hmm. alter ego, as Lumen, I think, called it in the, uh, you know, in his paper. And then he, you know, we have evidence of him calling it ghost in the box, question mark mm-hmm. in his own Zettelkast you know, written in his hands, uh, in his handwriting. It's like, I think, Geist in the Kasten or whatever he says, you know, <laughs> in the German words. Um, have you found that same experience to emerge? This is I'm really fascinating with this, with um, mm. with your own Zettelkasten. I know yours is you know digital, right? And has that ghost in the box, that sense that it is a companion um, or like a communication partner, merged out of uh, with your Zettelkasten and you know your your own unique structure? Yeah, I mean the Zettelkasten. There are a number of things that have just clicked for me that. Mm-hmm were like this is something from my past or something that yeah. <laughs> I am a, I have an affinity for this thing and when I when it uh-huh. hasn't clicked for me it was one of those one of those things there's a couple of them in my life um and I am I I mean I love it man I I I go in there here's what I love when I'm in there it's it's a companion but really it's I'm getting a sense of this other self of mine that's mm-hmm. in there that mm-hmm. I forget about. And I'm sort of reacquainted with whenever I'm in there. Right. So I see this most when it comes to like contextualized notes, I mean, contextualized links. So, you know, you have in your Zettel, 
you know, uh, this is the idea and it, it connects here, you know, this idea connects here, but it also connects in this other way, if you want to repurpose this idea, and it also connects to this other train of thought, if you want to work it there. And uh, as I teach, I'm sure you do too, you know, you have to give context for why you're, um, why you're making those links, because mm-hmm. in a month, a week, a year from now, you won't remember why, especially if it's kind of a far out link, far out connection. So I'll go in and I find this when I'm demonstrating how to write off a of Zettelkasten with no idea where you want to start. So sometimes I'll do these demos where I'm like, I'm just going to pick a round, scroll through, pick a random note. And I'm going to be like, we're writing this article, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. We're just going to follow. And what I find is I'll find a link to another idea and I'll be like, I have no idea how this connects or what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. How it relates. But I have the context because I typed it mm-hmm. in at the time. I said, I said, this relates because X, Y, and Z. And it is such a joy to have that little piece of context. A, I feel like I'm, I'm encountering a historical fig, my historical figure, yeah. the history of myself. It's, it's, it's your past self, like instantiated and stamped in time because it's your past yes. self's evidence of uh, yourself thinking and making an association. Totally. And it, mm-hmm. it's, there's all sorts of little things. There's obviously the obvious, which is like, that's so helpful. Thank you, past Bob, for doing mm-hmm. that. And then I go off and run with it. But there's also these, these little things that happen, you know, somatic things in me that I'm, I I feel, you know, I read it and I feel thankful that I did that. And I feel like it's like affirming of my practices and it, it just kind of like feeds into it. It's like the idea is good. The connection is established. I, I know where to go. I feel good about myself. You know, it's a real rich experience. So companion, yes, but also just more of a, it's like me getting to know myself better, me getting to Mm -hmm. like myself better, all these kind of Mm -hmm. little psychological things in there yeah because you're you're thanking yourself for your past selves Mm -hmm. you know basically extra effort and work that you know Mm -hmm. who knows if it you know when you created it at the time that link at the time if it would have just been extra effort that you would have never used you know that concept um it's something actually yeah go ahead uh, no, I was just going to say, and because you'll appreciate this, and think of what's lost when you automate that process, when people oh, try absolutely. to automate. I mean, yeah. there's no you. It's yeah. just like, oh, great. The computer did it for me. I have all these ideas. Yep. It's like, yeah, but where's you? You know, yeah. like, where's your humanness? Yeah. It's so lost, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> my, that was one of my contentions with backlinks. Everyone, you know, mm-hmm. used to get, you know, when I was like, you know, in the uh the digital world it's like oh we have backlinks and it was all about backlinks and i'm like backlinks are you don't like they are so overrated they mm-hmm. they're almost a, they're like attention burglars you know like they're just <laughs> stealing attention from you to get lost in irrelevant stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily matter the cool thing about actually creating those like contextual links or like you know i call them card links or hard links you know is mm-hmm. that they're hard they're manual and then you actually have to think them through yeah. um you know, the, the idea that you mentioned of like, hey, I'm th- thinking my past self for making this connection or like, you know, introducing this. It's something that Elizabeth Gilbert talked about, you know, in writing her books. She she uses, uh, you know, note cards and a note box. There are no, no numbers. You know, she uses the standard note box organized by, you know, subjects and kind of like Ryan Holiday, Robert Greene, people okay. like that. And she was she would she mentioned this was on a Tim Ferriss podcast of like she would like write notes. 
as to say like you know this is for my future self and then when she would come across old notes she'd say thank you past self and like so grateful for the gems that she you know added and it's kind of like a yeah it's just a, it's almost like a you know meditative practice mm-hmm. you know so yeah it could be mean, really special yeah it could be special yeah. experience yeah 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 i mean it's it's so it sounds like i mean long story short is you know you do have that special unique type of like communication companion experience with your zettelkasten mm-hmm. um one of one of the things i think a lot of people do in digital digitally you know with like digital pkm systems is they like refactor it like so many times right where it never like retains and develops this weird unique personality you know they're always like oh i just learned you know this new um you know folder convention i'm gonna like you know reorganize it like that you know and i think what ends up happening is like you're you're you almost kill that companion that develops organically over time mm-hmm. um this that's just my um you know i've no uh i don't know if, if you have do you have like a similar type of experience like have you kept your the same type of structure in your zettelkasten so that it has a mm-hmm. unique personality are you refactoring it and putting mm-hmm. in different folders or what's your what's your philosophy on that I mean, I'm, I'm a Taurus, if you know anything about that, which means I am like, you set me on a course and I'm kind of on that course <laughs> until someone forces me to yeah. change, to yeah. turn, turn yeah. or to pivot. Um, I'm trying to work on that. Uh, <laughs> but so, so yeah, when I find something works, I, I take it warts and all, you know, I, I don't, I'll, 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 of course I tweak things and, and, and little bits here and there, but I don't really overhaul stuff. At least not these days. You know, maybe when I was younger, I might have been more in like the overhaul process because you're sort of trying to learn who you are and you learn who you are through making things and changing things and inter, you know, combusting things or whatever. But I think as I get older, it's like I find things that work and and I'm a big proponent of like good enough in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works good enough. I don't I can't imagine having more output. I mean, I guess I can, but like, God, I also want to do some other things in my life, not just write all day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like, I feel like I write enough. I don't need it to be supercharged. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So and yeah, it's good. It works good. So I keep it. You know? What is your current primary like output, uh, you know, that you're focused on? Like, what are you using it for? I know you have, you have the high pony. Is that still mm-hmm. ongoing? Are you still, doing the high pony, uh, newsletter. Like I looked like, yeah. 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 I, I took a break. We're, we we're trying to buy some property. Speaking of tiny houses, we're trying to buy some property up in the country. And for anyone who knows it, that is basically a full-time job. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I gave my, I thought this was going to be already done. So I told my readers, like I'm taking August off because, you know, for a variety of reasons, I just want to like little sabbatical because I do it every week. Yeah. Um, and it's a grind and I, it's a, yeah. it's a joy to do, but it's also a grind. Um, it's a discipline. So I, it's a discipline. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and I've tried that discipline many over many years. So this is the one that really stuck this past two years. Um, yeah. But I've tried the newsletter discipline a number of times that, and did not succeed. Uh, so yes, it's still running. Um, but I am every week I'm getting closer to actually starting it up again. So it'll be about two months break. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's still happening. My, that is not my primary output. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, that's my most consistent. Um, I keep books going 
I write very much like Lumen does where it's mm-hmm. like, I have multiple, maybe you do too. I have multiple projects going at the same time, multiple manuscripts. I love that approach. I love that about him. And I'm so glad he says and talks about that because to me, that is like, that's if you, if you can free yourself from thinking, I have to work on this one thing until it's done. Obviously if you have a deadline, whatever, but like we put these, we impose these artificial deadlines that, well, I can't mm-hmm. stop working on this until it's done. When you are freed from that and you're free to work on multiple things and just see whichever one wins the race, it turns writing into, oh my God, what a joy it is to do it that way. If you can, if you, if you can afford to do that, which I can. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So essays, it, blogs, newsletter, books are, these things are always yeah, going on. Yeah. You have a lot. I mean, you have like, I don't know, like five plus books, like in there, like, you know, some of them, you know, it's, uh, it's from stretching to acupressure is mm-hmm. one of them. And then the, the, the spiritual one, I think mm-hmm. uh, I've it written down sitting with spirits. It's a fascinating mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you've got, you're, you know, quite prolific on the writing front. Um, and pre Zettelkasten, by the way, really, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask next. Yeah, yeah. I wrote, I wrote one book when I was 24, 25 pre Zettelkasten. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone out there, has seen it. You have to go do digging. It was on like focus <laughs> and you know productivity and oh. distraction. So mm-hmm. it's kind of come full circle. But that mm-hmm. was pre Zettelkasten. Yet I wrote everything, every chapter out by hand. You know, mm-hmm. um, my question. Yeah, I mean, and I remember you. I was going to ask this. Is I remember you talking about this at one point where when you get ready to write and you have a Zettelkasten, put the Zettelkasten notes away and write otherwise it's going to sound disjointed and um kind of all over the place um what what is your what is your like workflow for writing how do you do it and how do you incorporate the zettel cost in in it and what does it look like it it, it really varies so there's a there but there's a few themes that have developed right so um there are times when i'm just using the zettel cast to support my writing so I write every day, start at 9.30 a.m. is like my sort of go time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable writing. I've been writing since I was a kid. So which is all just to say I can write without a Zettelkasten, you know. So there are times when I'm writing and I just I know I have some ideas or notes or sources or whatever in my Zettelkasten that I want to pull from and just support. There are other times. So that's kind of working backwards in a way. There are other times where. I'll let the Zettelkasten decide. That's that's a kind of an uh, Sanke Aaron's suggestion is like mm-hmm. you see things developing and you your Zettelkasten's kind of like, hey, you know, I'm bursting at the seams here with all these notes on the same topic. Why don't you write me? Write mm-hmm. write me something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are times when I do that. Um, there are times when I'm making a note, like just creating a note and then because my mind is so geared towards writing that note becomes an article or something. There are times the demos I like to do are the ones where it's like a chance, like, like chance operation where you just scroll through. I mentioned this before and just pick a note and be like, I'm going to just like, just, I'm going to just let, let my own past self show me what to write about. So there, yeah. sometimes I do that if I, if I want to just like mess around a bit. Um, but, you know, writing I mean, you're a writer, so you probably have a similar experience, but writing is like when you're comfortable with in it and when you've been doing it a while, you're kind of always doing it even when you're not. 
Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always thinking about like, that would be a good book or this would be this. And books to me are so cool and special. And when I was a kid, I never thought I'd ever be able to make one or write one. So anytime I'm able to do something long form writing, it feels like I am achieving a goal I've always wanted to achieve as a child, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're so DIY, you know, it's like, you you just, you, you can do it. You don't need anything. You just do it if you can. Um, so yeah, so there's a number of different methods and approaches I take, and it really just depends mm-hmm. on on the day or the what I'm feeling or what's happening really with the yeah. ideas. How did you? I you know I know you've been writing for a long time, so maybe mm-hmm. the answer is just write. But mm-hmm. what is your like? How did you learn to become a better writer? You know, there's mm-hmm. um, I I don't know if you're have if seen it. There's like in this space, you know, there's which we'll probably talk about here in in a moment. Um, you know, there's a lot of cohort courses, you know, that are emerging all really awesome. And I want to talk to you about that in a second. Um, one of the cohort courses that emerged, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, it's called Rite of Passage Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they teach writing, right? Have you learned writing in a similar style of way of like taking a course or was it just Mm -hmm. through experience? What do you think? Like, what is, what is your advice for how you learned to write? Yeah, I didn't learn that way at all. I I learned, I was, the first thing I remember writing was a short story as of maybe a, whenever you're able to hold a pencil and draw some Mm -hmm. stick figures. And I drew like, it was like a five page story, maybe had a sentence a page. And it was these little drawings of a boy running away from these like, like a, a skeleton, a ghost, a zombie. And the boy was probably me. And, you know, and he has to jump over a wall or like go behind yeah. a tree or whatever. And and that was, was five pages and I forget what happens at the end. So this, the idea that I could tell a story, like I could create, I could, I could, you, you just, you create a reality, you, you birth something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time, but it was just, it was very apparent and very seamless for me to just do that, which is not to say I'm good at writing fiction because I, I am mm-hmm. not, but, but, um, so I was just doing it very early and I would keep little notebooks and I, I remember writing in my little notebook now and again. And, and um, so there was that, there was just like a comfortability or a familiarity with the written word from early on, as far as like writing, writing, you know, blogging, when blogging came out, I got really into that. And that was just like, I mean, that was like, I was a kid in a candy store, you know, I just, Oh, I could write and just publish and there it is. And people will read it and comment. And, you know, I could design the page to look a certain way. I really like the aesthetics of things that I write on. So there was that. And, and I just kind of like built my chops, just handling material. And I was also writing the subject matter I was writing about and have been writing about forever is like spirituality and, and politics, not politics, mm-hmm. like politicians, but like the social, the social mm-hmm. world, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and those are very highly contested venues. So you have to be, you have to be on it. You have to be sharp. You got to be like, you got to come out, you know, with your, yeah, your, you have to know your, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you don't, if you don't, you got to know how to say it to make it sound like you do. And uh-huh. th- that was a good lesson. You know, I had to, I had to, you know, especially when I was younger, it was like, I wasn't going to let anyone tell me that they like cornered me and proved me wrong. I was like, I'm just going to write it better. You know, so, so having to do that and just wrestling with it and getting into those debates and being in the comments and all that stuff just helped me like, just get my chops tight, you know? 
And then I, 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 of course, went to school for for English, and I went to grad school for poetry and experimental writing and critical theory. So there, I, I was involved in that, but I never really took a writing course. Um, yeah. And I don't even understand those. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. I don't understand anyone who's coming to writing later in life. It's mm-hmm. I, I'm very happy for it, but it is something I want to understand more because I'd love to help people write. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be a new venue for me because to me, it's just something I did, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 I, and speaking of, um, yeah, like, so that's, that's essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Like how do you even teach someone to write at this, at this phase or mm-hmm. stage? Um, what, what, uh, so I know you, you are, you've taught and, you know, mentored for quite quite some time what is the most recent course or things that you've taught i know we'll talk about in a second the zettelkasten for creative expression uh cohort um but pre that like what types of courses did you teach and what were what was your you know subject area yeah i i taught um i taught well a lot of that like witchy Catholic stuff that you mentioned yeah, before, yeah, yeah, you know, I yeah. taught a lot of that. That was really what I taught mostly was, um, I got very interested. I, I was, I got really interested in spirituality at a very young age, like in my early teens, maybe even mm-hmm. earlier, but, but I certainly was reading about it in my teens. Um, and so that has been kind of like my bread and butter forever. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when people ask me like what I'm writing about now and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this thing called settle cast and blah, blah. They're like, what? Like, it's totally yeah. Yeah, different. Make doesn't make sense to people who know me. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so that's what I've taught a lot about. I, I got very interested in Christianity and and how people can reclaim that for themselves and and kind of alternative views of that religion. It's, I grew up as a Catholic kid, mm-hmm. or at least in a Catholic house. Um, but I kind of pushed that aside as as any young kid will often do. Um, but have sort of circled back and really started unpacking that um, maybe like 15 yeah. years ago or something. And so I, I taught a lot. I taught that, you know, I taught that process and I I helped people and even mentored a handful of people sort of reestablish a relationship with their parental, their lineage, their religious lineage, mm-hmm. you know? So I taught that like reclaiming, how, helping people reclaim their religious lineage of any stripe, but it just mm-hmm. so happened to often be this. Um, uh, so I taught, yeah, a variety of courses on, on that kind of stuff, but I yeah. also taught in college. I, I taught, um, Twina, which is a Chinese mm-hmm. form of, of manual therapy, but sports medicine. Mm-hmm. So I taught that for a number of years before, before the pandemic, when the school yeah. was, functioning. um, so I, I, I taught like in that setting as well, mm-hmm. more technical body mechanics, science, anatomy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm asking that too, is also is to kind of gauge like maybe like my i've seen maybe you've seen it too it's like a lot of these cohort courses and these cohort kind of style teachings are emerging and do you know like why that is like is is cohort courses are they uh just more effective it's kind of like the flip the classroom on its head type of Mm. model where it's um you know I guess I don't know. Is this an observation that you've you've seen as well? It's like cohort courses have just like popped up and started emerging online. Maybe sure. it's because they're just more effective in teaching people than, um, you know, giving them a login to a course and all right, good luck, see you later. 
<laughs> is that what is yeah. your, what is your take? Yeah. Well, as I think with all these kind of innovations, you see this in music too. There's a great book. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? Uh, Pink Soviet or something. I forget what it is. It's Ian okay. Spinonius. It's a it's a uh-huh. musician and and writer. Um, he talks about the one of his essays. He talks about how you can trace, you can basically trace musical trends through the real estate market. He's like, you know, when people, when the suburbs blew up, all of a sudden you had garage bands because everyone had a garage. Yeah. And, <laughs> garage. and then when people moved to the cities and they only had an apartment, all of a sudden you have all this electronic music because people are using a little keyboard when their headphones, yeah. you know, so he does this kind of playful thing. Um, but I do think there's some, some truth to that. And you see that in other sectors as well. And you see it here too. Like for one thing, the technology has just become I don't want to say democratized, but it's become more available, right? The ability to teach online has basically become completely available to anyone who Mm -hmm. has an internet connection. So there's that, you know, people can just now just have a Zoom thing like we're doing here. I teach all my classes through Zoom, you know, and and I can get students from all over. And so there's the technological availability. There's also a monetary one for sure, because Mm -hmm. people realize they can make more money teaching a successful self-built class than they can teach at a university or a college. I mm-hmm. definitely get paid more when I teach online cohorts than I ever did at the college mm-hmm. for tween. Yeah. And it was obviously I didn't have to go anywhere, you know, which isn't necessarily good, but because yeah. <laughs> you want yeah, to yeah. move. But anyway, so there's a number of factors. There's monetary tech, there's people just, you know, the the ability to just reach out and and converse with people so easily is, is pleasurable, you know, to mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah. Does it, be, is it better? Is it that, you know, I don't really buy that kind of, you know, tech forward utopian vision of like, this has, this has completely revolutionized education. Mm-hmm. You know, you're dealing with humans here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's different. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I can't tell you if it's better revolutionized it. We're here because of people standing in a square in Greece or in Africa teaching in the oral tradition, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. It's it's essentially what you're saying is kind of like a, the Lumanian uh, you know, environment shapes the systems, you know. Mm-hmm. And right now what we're seeing is because like, you know, digital and at least Zoom you know, and these technologies have become so reliable. It's shifted like the how I would think of maybe the cohort model is instead of having like a four week to six week, you know, course offline, you know, you're just ha- shifting it to online. And mm-hmm. pre pre this whole cohort model, I think a lot of the maybe the innovations was just, you know, not even having like a uh, you know, a cohort group going through it together. It was just, here's a login, go through it at your own pace, a self-paced mm-hmm. course. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's, that's, uh, that's the trend or, or, or thing that's emerging. Um, yeah. I don't like the, I, I like to talk to people. I like to be one-on-one. I keep my courses small. Hey, mm-hmm. I probably have to, yeah. <laughs> just by well, my audience size is small, but, but at the same time, I enjoy the ability to like have FaceTime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, also internet speeds, right? I mean, like a few years ago, there's no way you could run this because you just it was so laggy, you know. So people yeah. have high speed now. So that's a lot of things all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think it's absolutely. because we're evolving into like better 
teachers. <laughs> it's yeah. money, it's, money and tech. <laughs> it's it's basically the the environment, just like the environment shaped music. The environment is yeah. shaping, you know, in a uh, a unique, uh, you know, educational medium and format. Yeah, yeah. money, yeah. No, tech, I, and viruses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I like it. I think it's really interesting seeing, I think, you know, what, from what I've read and heard is that, um, the, the people, those self-paced courses, you know, where there's no interaction, it's like only like, I don't know, 10% of the people actually finish it. And, you know, I mean, I need to dig into the research and I, but I think the, the, one of the reasons why cohorts, you know, started to become more popular and especially in my, maybe shorter windows, like not like three month windows, but like, you know, four to six weeks, four to eight weeks, you know, is because the completion rate is a lot higher for these types mm -hmm. of courses. Um, wow. So that, that would make sense, which is cool to see, you know, it's like people actually getting value completing these courses. Um, There's which, no yeah. grades, right? There's no accountability really, except yeah. for personal accountability. So like to run a, nine month course, which I have friends who have certainly taken nine month online courses, you yeah. know, in a school, there's like, you're getting graded, you will not graduate. Mm -hmm. There's all these kind of this infrastructure that's kind of pushing you along online, you know, good luck, you know, yeah. you get, if you get the same number of people to show up week one, as week four, as you did week one, then you're doing really good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, that's a short little window. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So let's talk Zettelkasten for creative expression. That's the cohort mm -hmm. that you have that's uh, yeah. launching. And uh, my first question is, so why creative expression? Like what is creative expression? What is creativity? What is the definition? Why did you, why did you, uh, you know, uh, add creative expression and what's the, uh, what's the deeper meaning behind that? Yeah, I, I, I specifically chose that those words i play around with but the idea that i'm teaching it for writing or for for some sort of output mm -hmm. a i think that's where it really shines i think the zettelkasten in, in its in its most basic form or at least lumen's version of it in its most basic form is really catered to that for um, writing but for writing mm -hmm. um but i i i open it up because i have seen people start to use it for other venues mm -hmm. uh, other ways of expressing but you know, I, it also gives the course kind of a, a focus, a trajectory, you know, it gives me something to rub up against to, it gives myself a way to contextualize why we're doing this. Um, and, and I like that. I think it's helpful. It kind of drives the course forward. We're sort of moving towards something. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the end, they're not, they don't need to present anything, but we're kind of, I teach it so that we build on the concepts and build on the practices and the notes and the terms and all that. So that by the end, you're ready to just, to just output, to, to put something out into the world. Yeah. So I just think it kind of like leads, leads people towards something. Um, you, yeah. you could easily, you could, you could teach the course just as like how to set up a Zettelkasten and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. um, but I also use my Zettelkasten explicitly for writing. So mm -hmm. teach what you know, right? So mm -hmm. that's what I know how to do. That's how I know to use it. Um, so that's what I teach. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And 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 that's that's cool. It's essentially it's um like you're instead of it being explicitly chosen as creative output, you're kind of taking mm -hmm. that pressure off of the output and making mm -hmm. it about expression, mm -hmm. which you know is I think a, a, a I don't know like a, a unique and 
a, I think a worthwhile thing to do because a lot of people might, if you, you know, just focus on the output, you know, they may get, you know, too stressed out by that <laughs> if they don't have something at the end of week four. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a unique, uh, yeah, I, I like that little, uh, you know, that, that, that phrase and, and terminology mm-hmm. or the way you're, you're thinking about it. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. I mean, expression, I, I make room to say, so I know a lot of people who use their Zettelkasten for absolutely nothing to do with writing. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to write. They have no interest in writing, um, but they express in some way, they get something out of it. It's not just, it doesn't all stay in there. They even just learning is a form of expression kind of, if you really stretch it. Um, so I make room for that so that yeah. people can feel free to, be like, well, I'm not going to write, but I am going to think and I yeah. am going to come up with ideas. And sure, we call yeah. that expression if you want. Yeah. Well, yeah. W- w- what other use cases have you seen? And I've, I've seen them as as well, you know, in, in the forums mm-hmm. and pop up. And, you know, clearly there's um, some people that are like, you know, using it for, you know, certain areas that are like outside of the 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 realm or purpose of a settle cost. And, but you know, some, sometimes there are things that are, you know, it's not writing, but it's some other creative output or some other creative, you know, expression or piece, mm-hmm. right? What things have you seen besides writing that have, um, that have been very useful and cool, valuable things that has, that the Zettelkasten has helped people shape and create besides writing? So it's, it's interesting writing, um, even people who aren't using it for writing, what they think of as writing, like an article, they are still, they still tend to be writing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I knew someone um, last year who was talking about, they were using their Zettelkasten to work on a project, a fashion project they're working on, some some sort of design project, fashion design project. So it was a project-based Zettelkasten. Now they were using it by collecting fabric types and color and, and, and again, designs that were, they were linking and kind of creating this network, right? This kind of network of ideas. So it wasn't really so much ideas though they were in there, but it was just kind of like material to work with both physical and also just like the material of things. Um, And that to me is very interesting, very exciting. Um, but at the end of the day, they're probably writing something, right? When they mm-hmm. go to when they go to present what they're going to do, they're going to have to write about it. So, writing is always kind of in the mix somewhere. I've heard people use it for like music, not necessarily composition, though. I think that would be amazing and really interesting to see how people could develop music compositions out of mm-hmm. linked. I mean, linked like rhythms, sounds, rhythms, like, notes, yeah. you know, yeah. also, I mean, it could be so far out and so interesting to me. And I think we're, we're so young in this that like, if the, if it stays and younger people get interested and people who don't come to it as writers, you're going to see this, these other ways of using it, using it in the same, you know, the, the methods and principles are all there, but just using it for different material. Um, you know, certainly with fiction writers, but again, that's writers. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I've I've heard about and kind of seen. Unfortunately, because it's digital, not digital, like online. You know, I don't get to like really stay with these people and and get them to show me that. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, in the course, we'll see some of that. You certainly see with coding. I've heard people using it for coding though in development. Yeah. Though I have no idea how that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you anything that's like that's anything that allows or that benefits from a bit of chaos 
any form of expression that benefits from a bit of chaos, it I think it can be used for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have that. If you, if it's something, if you need to be very specific, that's why I don't understand coding because there is like rules. Then I feel like it it starts to tighten up and, and it starts to lose its kind of what wilderness aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from what I've seen, at least with uh, like you know coders, software developers, you know, using uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen people use like an actual coders using Zettel Costin, you know, by way of like developing uh, knowledge and writing about certain things. I think I've seen them use it more, you know, for like um, like a knowledge database or like PKM mm-hmm. database for like scripts or things and tools to like constantly have almost like a knowledge base essentially. Right. Um, Though I think that what you brought up a good point is like everyone who uses a Zettelkasten or, you know, at least writes to some degree because writing like they'll, they'll quote, you know, writing is thinking, right? That was in uh, how to take smart notes and what I think Feynman said it, you know, or, you know, whoever, right? Many people have said that mm-hmm. it's like, in effect, when you, you are, it's not just like a writing system, it's a thinking system or thinking tools, what, you know. Johannes Schmidt called it right, like Lumen's thinking tool or something. That just clicked for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> along those lines, you know, something like that. But um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. I think it could be really cool to see like the the use cases, you know, like a big killer use case beyond writing, like music or something. But it'll probably mm-hmm. be something that we like can't even forecast or have no <laughs> idea what it is at this point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd be I'd be really curious. I, I'm I would love to if I had the time, and probably I could carve out some time. But I would love to set one up that was for something that was completely not writing. You know, like mm-hmm. like we said, music notes or something, and just yeah. see how it plays in its kind of in a way. It's almost like at its most raw form when you take ideas out of it, and say you're just working with color or with sound. Now you're dealing with you're really seeing it. I would imagine you really start seeing it as like in its purest form where it's linked chance. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems like it'd be kind of a far out thing. I'd be, I'd be into seeing that. For yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and uh, one thing I've, I've seen you, you know, you were, you uh, have done and helped Nick out in teaching uh, Zettel Costin to the linking your thinking folks. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've taken the, uh, you know, that course as well. Like that was an early part of my origin story and mm-hmm. discovering, you know, and stumbling upon, um, you know, how to take smart notes and then just going deep down the rabbit hole of Lumen's archives and, you know, into Lumen's yeah. world, like the grand, the granddaddy of, uh, of where this, you know, started. Right. And, um, you know, w- uh, w- where do you think your, where do you think um, there's a lot of like similarities and things like in the Venn diagram where there's overlap in Zettelkasten and, you know, linked notes, let's call it, or what, mm-hmm. you know, Nick teaches and linking your thinking. Um, wh- what are some of the, the, you know, areas of, I guess, overlap, but more importantly, what are like some of the key distinctions and differences mm-hmm. uh, that the Zettelkasten really, you know, is distinct and differentiates itself from from just 
someone opening up obsidian and creating a bunch of linked digital markdown files you know like what yeah. what is the key distinction um that separates you know zettelkasten from just linked markdown files well uh, in in a past life meaning probably like a week ago i would have said it's writing <laughs> you know and and i have said this and and i i do hold to that to some degree that i do think the Zettelkasten historically, even the the its historical precedents, the commonplace books and books and all these kinds of things, you know, writing is just such a juggernaut. It's such a force in the world. Like it, it's just a force in the world of creativity that like has to be reconciled, re- reckoned with. So like I think that Zettelkasten, it just is, it just it is part of the writing world is just part of it. It, it it's it goes hand in hand the two mm-hmm. so i would say that zettelkasten um really really at least pushes you towards output pushes mm-hmm. you, you you get all these ideas and it, you, it's hard to be like well what do you know it just leave them there mm-hmm. you know we're, we're expressive beings as humans so mm-hmm. so there is that you know whereas mm-hmm. nick's system and i've talked with nick about this i've written about this distinction nick's system is not geared towards that and not 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 geared towards it it doesn't have such a forcing function towards mm-hmm. writing like it's, nick, it's not single-handedly focused on it essentially not at all it, yeah. and you get that from nick's genesis story about it i mean mm-hmm. nick wasn't interested in yeah. writing as his primary thing he was interested in just playing with ideas sitting and sinking himself into the play of thought and mm-hmm. and that's why it's linking your thinking it's so geared towards this kind of just immersive world basically you create linking your thinking you kind of create this world uh of ideas that you can exist in and mm-hmm. because of that you're able to pull in much more than would go into a to a lumen style zettel cast at least mm-hmm. right like to-do lists and phone numbers and contacts and mm-hmm. you know it can just handle more mm-hmm. um i think of a zettel as much more narrow mm-hmm. in its in its scope of practice mm-hmm thankfully yeah like kind of developing knowledge developing idea that's why i I continue to call it knowledge development like knowledge Mm. development towards written output instead of like knowledge management or a knowledge Mm. base you're developing thoughts developing knowledge all with an eye towards you know creative output creative expression Mm. primarily writing um other forms are welcome as well Mm. yeah (laughs) is that how you yeah that's a that's that's a good distinction Mm-hmm. Your your distinction of knowledge, what, what did you call it? Knowledge knowledge uh, development. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction that I I hadn't thought of before. Um, because it's actually a pretty poor management system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like trying. You know, if, especially for people who have very large Zettelkastens. You know, if you have ten thousand, twenty thousand notes, trying to find one note is mm-hmm. you know good luck. Yeah. Um, so okay. Yeah, it's it really isn't a management system. It's it is a development mm-hmm. system. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. I'll yeah. give you credit. Nice, nice. I'll cre- yeah. I'll cite you. Hey, I I've <laughs> I've called it analog knowledge development. So you can just call mm-hmm. it knowledge development. <laughs> more yeah. PKD. Maybe that's the more universal ter- yeah. term instead of PKM. We need yet another acronym. <laughs> yeah, I mean management still it pulls you into that like managerial oh, corporate world too. It's yeah, awful. I, I like this. This is good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah. What, now, did you did you take um did you take uh, 
uh, Tiago Forte's building a second brain. Are you familiar with that world? Like what's your, what's your thoughts and experiences on, on that whole world? And, I took, I took it and I mentored in it. Mentored. Oh, it. really? Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, would you call that, what does that fall under the PKM space or even like the knowledge development space or is that completely different altogether? Is that like a GTD philosophy digitized? What would you, what would you call that? Mm, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Tiago's system, well, I'll start with saying Tiago was the first and literally only person I would ever take a course on productivity. Let's just call it that is, you know, comes yeah. out of that world. Yeah. Be, uh, that is like, so that world productivity world is so like polar opposite where I come from that mm -hmm. he was literally the only one I was like, I, I, I can vibe with this guy a little bit. Um, and the people who, who he was associated, not associated with, but the students who were going and, and sort of pitching it or like saying that they liked it seemed of a similar mindset. So I took it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really liked it. I don't subscribe to much of his methods at all. Um, but it was kind of my introduction to just the, 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 the range of what's out there in the, in the intersection of productivity and PKM. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think that it is PKM totally. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's more inf information resource management is what I call it because yeah. Para, his system is really about organizing resources. He doesn't, at least at this point, I don't know, maybe he's changed. You know, he's always, he's a very, he's a very plastic mind, meaning he can, he can, he can expand it and, you know, he can move around. He's willing to move and learn new things. Um, but at the time he was not, using any linked based systems. Mm -hmm. And and the way I talk about it is that Tiago is output driven. He's project oriented. He comes out of GTD. Mm -hmm. So his whole system is based in that. He doesn't need his notes on potty training his child and his notes on how to build tiny houses to intersect mm -hmm. because they're two yeah. different resources for two different projects mm -hmm. that don't mm -hmm. need to speak to one another. It'd be in right. separate folders, essentially. They would be certainly would be in yeah. folders and they would be in separate <laughs> folders, right? Now yeah. that's different than maybe you or I or other people in the more linked thinking world, because we might be interested. I might be interested in how the intersection of tiny houses and potty training, like just because that what a weird thing. So to mm -hmm. me, that might be interesting, but to him, that isn't necessarily what he's doing. Yeah. So it comes out of GTD. It's an it's an ex, a fork off of GTD in a way, building mm -hmm. a second brain, and the dude knows his stuff. Outside mm -hmm. of Zettelkasten, I, I would say Tiago. No offense, but you don't know anything about Zettelkasten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're watching this, because I've heard him talk about Zettelkasten, and and he disparages it and does not like it, and for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, interesting. So I will say that to him at any point. But that said, yeah. I think I've seen him. Yeah. Like I think he was on with the Rome, Rome research or something like that. Um, Cause he was like disparaging Rome and he was, you know, he's a big fan of Evernote or something like that along those lines. Yeah. 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 yeah interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, vibe that way. Yeah. That's yeah. The, the term in, information resource management or another, another uh, term you can use is uh, a personal information storage system. 
So yeah, well, I understand so what that, the acronym is. So that <laughs> I've seen yeah, you're, that you're privy to that. You're privy to that. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, um, it works. I mean, his he is he is very very good at getting things done. Yeah, like if you want to, if you want to have output, if you want to get your projects done, not just output like content. I mean, like if you want to like remodel your house, like him coming out of that GT, that stuff works. And, and he's very good at it. He mm-hmm. is a self-made person in a lot of ways. And, and he, he works his own system, which is most important. He yeah. works it, he tweaks it, he changes it. He, he's extremely invested in this, in that world. And that's rare because there's a mm-hmm. lot of grifters, you know, and he is not a grifter. Yeah. Um, so that alone makes me respect him respect what he's built and and stuff like that do i use a lot of it no but there's a handful of things i do use that have been very 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 helpful yeah yeah with that stuff yeah i mean you know and it makes sense too it's like you know you're focused and the the focus on is on you know writing creative expression output thinking on paper it's not on you know how to get a project done most efficiently you know it's Mm -hmm. like I, i see a lot of people coming to the Reddit forums or, you know, asking, you know, okay, how do I manage to do's and all that Mm -hmm. stuff? It can handle it. Yeah. Is it built for it? No, not necessarily. It's built to expand and develop ideas and knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm. for creative output. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me this. So your, your, your first few, I mean, the books that we mentioned, you know, they were written without the, the Zettelkasten, right? Mm -hmm. How has your writing style changed how has the prose changed? What what have you noticed that's different in your writing style? Because now, as of you know, twenty twenty, uh, you know, this post post uh, Zettelkasten era for Bob, what does mm-hmm. his writing look like now? Like, how has it changed and transformed? Oh my God! It's like my relationship to my writing has changed above and beyond anything else. Because writing was always like, you know, I had to hold on to it. You know, it was always slipping away. It was always getting away from me. You know, can I finish this? Well, you know, uh, oh, I'd really love to write that, but it's just too big of a concept or whatever, you know, or, or never finishing things. And, you know, I have boxes of unfinished manuscripts from back then. Um, I have boxes of manuscripts that are finished and never mm-hmm. did anything with them. It was always like a contentious love hate that I had with writing, even though I did it, I loved it, but I just, it was, a, it was also an adversary mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at times. And once I got interested in Zettelkasten and really started to flex it, uh, writing is like solely joyful. Like mm-hmm. It really is. It is a, it is, I enjoy it so much. I love, I have a, it's given me a way of, of seeing my ideas for one thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's given me, this is comes out of GTD, this idea that if you have a system that works, you'll trust it and you can relieve cognitive load, <laughs> like mm-hmm. relieve stress. Zettelkasten, yeah. it, it allows me to capture ideas quickly link them or do something with them, right? Could create some sort of context for the idea and then be like, okay, I can come back to that anytime now because mm-hmm. that is there. And it's not like in a notebook that I, I'll never find it again. Um, there is a, there is a san, there is a sanity to it despite its disorder. Um, and it's just, it's just taken off so much stress. 
Um, and so much of that adversarial relationship that a lot of people have with writing, a lot of yeah. writers, you know, they, they, they might be very famous, prolific writers, but they stay, they wrestle with the process. And I just don't have that. Yeah. The process feels very liquid to me, very fluid. Um, it hasn't really changed my writing style. I don't think so much, although the stuff I'm writing about now is not technical, but you know, I wonder how much of my voice, people say that my voice comes through, which is good, but you know, sometimes I'm writing these one-on-one pieces. I'm like, I kind of have to get, you just get the information there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, I, I enjoy that. I like, I like that writing style. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm still me in my writing. Um, and like you said earlier, when I write, I write, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't like, I don't take notes from my Zettelkast and put them on a page and then call it done. You know, I, mm -hmm. I put them on a page and then mess with all of it. Mm -hmm. kind of re rewrite, reformulate. Oh, yeah. total change ideas. You know, I don't care because like my objective at that point is to like create something, not to like stay true to the note that was in my Zettelkast. And I could care less yeah. at that point. It's like, my goal is to write now. So, mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but I, I, I would, you know, I might change an idea, disagree with it. Who knows? You know, because yeah. the object now is different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you see the, um, the PKM space, you know, going and gravitating to, um, you know, I don't know, two years from now, three years from now, do you think it's going to be still kind of like, you know, fragmented folk like a lot of it is you know different types of philosophies gtd linking your thinking is it going to go more geared towards writing output what's your mm. you know i don't know if you have ever even thought of it but like you know your your whole perspective on because you're you've you've you're pretty active in the space you know you've seen mm -hmm. a lot of the different types of uh philosophies emerge where do you think uh where do you think things are going to be heading and going I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's so we're so like children in this space right now. We're all <laughs> just trying to figure out, you know, there's so many ideas and we're also children in a, in a space where there's so many ideas coming at us so quickly because of the technology, because of social media, because of all that. So it's, it's like, we're all just sort of in it. What, what I would hope to happen, <laughs> you know, I'd hope that I don't know. Is this a good or a bad thing? I don't know, but I would like to see some of these. I would like to see some of the genres of PKM, for lack of a better term, sort of tease themselves out from one another. Right now, there's mm -hmm. a ton of overlap. You know, it's a lot of that's why you get people being like, hey, can I store my keys in my Zettelkasten? Like, you know, because there's just like, <laughs> you know, right? there's just like everyone's kind of mushed together. Um, yeah. And that can be confusing. You know, that I think I just think that's, 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 I don't want to disparage that. That's part of the, that's what Genesis is like. It's like, that's the ball, you know, mm -hmm. all together. And then things, it's like literally Genesis from the Bible, probably, you know, things get separated out and land from sea and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's, what's going to happen. You know, things are going to parse out and be like, okay, this is Zettelkasten. This mm -hmm. is linking your thinking. This is PKM. This is idea. I mean, uh, information resource management, maybe even with yours, maybe, maybe Antinet, you know, I can see that kind of not separating from Zettelkast and obviously you're, yeah, yeah. you see them very linked, um, but it has its own flavor, 
You know yeah. what I mean? And who knows if it, if it catches on even more so it could become kind of its own thing. That's just kind of a satellite of, a, you know what I mean? Like, you know, as things get more defined, the, 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 the people who come to it have more to go on. Right, mm-hmm. right now, people are coming to Zettelkast and, and the people who are responding to them don't yeah, know what they're little, talking about. It's a little confusing. That's what the <laughs> one of the one of the biggest issues, you know, in this space is like, yeah, I, I think I love what Sasha has done. One of the things I do not love is I do not like date uh, timestamp IDs, you know, <laughs> for uh, for uh, for your notes. Like I was like, wait, what the hell? Like, where does that come from? Yeah. Right. But you know what? Hey, there's it works with Sasha's you know, end to end settle cost in his old, his whole method, you know, works for him, how he thinks he thinks very like, you know, very deeply about like how he creates notes, you know? And it's like, okay, if you can do that, um, yeah, it works that. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah, that's, that's a, uh, it's interesting point. Yeah. Maybe more, more distinctions is, um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like the, the anti-net I, we've talked about it. Like the whole term came because I think a lot of people, I was like trying to explain it to my, my little bro, this kid that I mentor, and he's like, kind of freaking pronounce Zettelkasten, just like a lot of people can't. They just can't wrap their heads around it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm gonna come up with a cool name for it. Let's call it Antinet, you know, and, and it maps onto it like the analog principles and analog. What's interesting is I thought I, th- you know, I think when I first came onto the the scene is I feel like it was like 99.99% digital, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's maybe like 96% digital. And it's mm-hmm. like, or maybe if it's not, that's like the goal. Like I would love to get it to a more diverse ecosystem and space and settle cost. And like, I don't intend to, to fork off and call the anti-net something completely separate from settle cost. And it is, it's just an analog settle cost. And, you know, that mm-hmm. I've, you know, unique conventions of the way that I've organized it and thought about it and things made sense for my, you know, how I organized mine with like the you know academic disciplinary fields to kind of keep it yes. broad and all of that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean like what is have have you um i guess on that like on the the subject of analog i know you've you mentioned that you you know kept a notebooks and you've like written into mm. notebooks do you use any analog tools do you write anything by hand have you ever like done you know like note boxes kept note cards or are you kind of do you like to think in digital and store your information there what's your experience been with like analog knowledge tools i've never had analog i mean i've never had knowledge tools you know i just yeah. kept a journal you know i yeah. have a shelves shelves of moleskin right moleskin. yeah 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 <laughs> um, and uh and uh and i've done that my whole life i mean i i am pretty luddite when it comes to like even you've noticed this before but my my obsidian zettelkasten is about as analog as a digital will allow me to be you know um, yeah you, you, and you, you've kept yeah. it very just focused and simple not bells and whistles and with like 50 no. different community plugins which i really like and respect <laughs> about yours yeah yeah no no i i mean i don't have any interest in automation on, on that level or any of that kind of stuff at all um i I, I write by hand when I, when I do, I mean, every morning I write something by hand. Cause I have like a little part of my morning stuff is this little spiritual practice that involves a bit of like writing and, you know, thinking about it's like Lectio Divina kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so I, I do that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't, I mean, we've talked about this and we've certainly got it. I mean, you know, what people aren't getting from this conversation is how much you and I have actually done this online. Yeah. On like little thing. yeah. By the way, the pen is mightier than the keyboard, Bob. No, <laughs> yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was good, you know, information. And, uh, you know, I hadn't looked into that and like, I've like, Oh, revised my thinking of like, mm. Oh, that's interesting. The research hasn't been able to like, uh, replicate that study, you know? Um, yeah, the the uh yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't provided the context of like our our uh you know our uh dis- disputes and, and all of that realm. <laughs> yeah. The the interesting yeah. thing, and I'm I'm glad I didn't like didn't like, you know, because it, it could have turned into one of those like Reddit threads where you think about it all day and like respond. And I was like, huh, let me like let me ruminate on this and like look into it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I've like my kind of whole theory or philosophy is is that you know i think some people have different types of mediums that work and innately speak to them and i don't think the analog form was being represented at all as like a realistic or even feasible way like a year even like a year ago year and a half Mm -hmm. ago and a lot of people really connect with you know they love writing by hand and it's like Mm -hmm. cool to see now the analog um um you know the analog taken as a serious means of people actually starting to to adopt it and uh and all of that and I think the more recent study I found was like it studied how people have a different preferred note-taking system, like pre- uh, pre- preferred different medium. Some prefer digital, some prefer analog. I, I don't have the study like, you know, pulled up and I haven't neuro imprinted it, I guess, in my head <laughs> yet. But uh, you the, haven't written it down by hand yet. I, I, I actually have not <laughs> written this one down by and hand. And that's why you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, yeah, there's, there's, uh, believe it or not, like I think neuroimprinting does work, and it, you can, but it, you know, you don't stamp everything onto your mind. Um, but yeah, no, I think the, I think, like, for instance, the creator of Ethereum, you know, Vitalik Buterin, he's almost like a robot. Like, I doubt, you know, he's gonna write a whole book by thinking by hand. You know, he's he's a guy that like thinks in code, right? And it's like there's certain people, it's like no, digital is better for them. Certain people, I think analog speaks and is better for them. You know, it depends on, um, you know, test for yourself. A lot of people, I think yeah. a lot of people could benefit from using, trying to re- replicate how Lumen, you know, worked with it in analog and then, yeah. you know, go into digital and like yeah. trying to stick to it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's, yes, I think, I think it's really important to remember. And, and this is something that like we kind of get into sometimes online, you and I, but, but I just think it's important to remember how dynamic learning is, like what goes into learning something. Mm-hmm. You know, if we focus too much on digital versus analog or digital ver- keyboard versus handwritten, you know, we kind of lose the picture, which is that learning learning happens in a context, you know, Mm -hmm. a kid who writes with a pencil, who's bullied and doesn't have any resource for actually engaging with the material he's writing down is not necessarily going to learn it better than someone sitting right behind him who has like a, a a secure friend group, the teacher engages with and PhD student parents, PhD parents. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like learning happens in environments, you know, and that environment could be in your tiny little room writing with a pencil or on a computer, or it happens in most cases, hopefully, in community, right? So so it's even those studies that talk about like handwriting versus keyboard, you know, what they say at the end is they're like, yeah, this should be part of a dynamic, complex learning environment. Because of course it should. I mean, 
I bemoan the fact that children, when I think of children learning on keyboards, it's like, oh my God, I'm like, I like wig out. Like that just sounds horrible to me. Mm-hmm. And yet that's what they're doing. But I think as we get older, we have what what I call at least compound learning, meaning we have decades of having engaged with material over the years that when we're in our 30s and 40s and certainly 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it's I think it's less and less significant what tool you use because you have more to build on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. I think handwriting is important. I think it certainly affects the the user. Mm-hmm. But I think it's when you have 30 years of experience with learning, you can take information in in a number of different mediums and ways and apply it and contextualize it just because of the nature of having lived a life, you know, having lived mm-hmm. a longer life. You know. But yeah, you know, I'll always be the one who's who's saying it's more complicated. It's just kind of my job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is, it's like, there's the, I think a lot of truths are, you know, there's, there's both sides to it. It's like both Mm -hmm. simple and complex, uh, you know, with, um, yeah, with, you know, there's a lot of dichotomies that I've noticed that have emerged, like, you know, uh, using my anti-net Zettelkasten, whatever you want to call it, you know, is, uh, you want to call it yeah yeah you came up with the name <laughs> yeah 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 i find myself it's interesting it's like a lot of people uh depends on depends on who they are and they, mm-hmm. there's something it's like if i if i describe it to someone that's never heard of Zettelkasten before i try to describe it as like you know an anti-net or a note box spit you know and architected in a certain way it has a- a- addresses stuff like that and in the Zettelkasten community and crowd, you know, I find myself calling it a Zettelkasten or analog Zettelkasten, AZK, whatever you want, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting well, on that respect. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. So uh, this is something I've been curious about. So why, when you, like, you obviously know a lot about this. <laughs> You've obviously researched it. You And again, this is another kinship moment. Like, you seem to, when you get into something, you go very deep, right? Like when I, when you, when I heard that you found like track down Lumen's son, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, we're just cut from the same cloth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy who like goes to someone's house unannounced who doesn't know me because they, I realized that they published a certain book out of their house and I knock on their door, which I've done. Yeah. <laughs> like with the book in my hand being like, did you publish this? And they're like, who is this person it's like on my fif- porch? It's 50, 50. If it's going to, you know, turn out well, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been told to leave premises before. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, but the things that we have gotten into online have almost exclusively been about, been in regards to your take on the analog or your take on Antinet as like more authentic um, than, say, Zettelkasten in a digital sense. In fact, you know, one of the things I remember you writing was that a digital Zettelkasten, what did you say it was? Digital Zettelkasten is a contradiction in terms or something. Oh yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Because so well, tell, it, me about, it, tell me about that. Tell me about that. I'm interested yeah. in that. Yeah. Where are you? How well, do you land there? Yeah. So I guess the it's like saying like a digital note box, right? And um, the term 
note box, right? It's just like Lumen's note box wasn't just a note box. It wasn't like a categorical note box organized mm. by subject category. It wasn't just a note box, you know, organized by book or author last name. It was a very specifically architected type of note box. And if note box, you know, and it's weird, it's because Zettelkasten, you know, seems to connote, and people call it Zettels, you know, when it's just like just a note, like right. Or and people, I think this term Zettelkasten has become ensconced in this whole weird type of meaning or type of thing. And so I think okay, so there's a bunch of angles to talk about or talk talk about this. One is to distinctly call it an anti-net um, note box, a specifically type specifically like architect a type of notebox because it has like the four you know requirements that lumen talked about right analog uh, uses like alphanumeric addresses it has that internally branching structure for ideas to internally always be able to evolve and then the index right it's like mm-hmm. i later on stamped on the you know the the acronym anti right but mm-hmm. first before that came the anti next i'm like oh this like that sounds cool right um so the yeah so the um the reason i fell out of love with the term zettelkasten and like you know started calling it, this is real then we'll get back to like the digital zettelkasten and all that stuff being redundant is is because um the you know zettelkasten is like been, kind of been like hijacked you could say by you know, Zettelkasten DE and Sasha's teachings, which I've like come to respect, right? And respect his viewpoints. I don't agree with them. I don't follow them or abide by them. But I started calling it, you know, the anti-net and distinctly saying, here's how Lumen's system really worked. Because when I was first introduced to this whole world, I first learned about it through, you know, through this software called Foam, uh, Foam, Foam Bubble, which is open source, um, you know, version of Rome research, essentially. And on the principles page, like here's the principles that we abide by. It said, you know, it's kind of like Zettelkasten, but you don't need to follow follow or join some cult in order to use it. And so in the beginning, I was like, oh shit. So Zettelkasten has become, you know, this culty thing. I don't want to, I don't want to even touch that or learn that. And I like remember going to the Zettelkasten DE website and go and being super confused about the dates and timestamps and being turned off and turned away by this. And so I associated, you know, foam calling Zettelkasten a cult with, you know, what Sasha created as being a cult and following all these conventions and practices. I later come to find out that. Foam wasn't talking about Zettelkasten or Sasha as creating a cult. He was talking about Rome research mm-hmm. creating a cult because apparently Rome called themselves like Rome cult and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I misplaced my my aggression in the mm-hmm. beginning, <laughs> which is why I came in like a bull in a china shop mm-hmm. to Sasha. Um, now I think the reason that I that I like came because I had that one of you know that that flavor my like of hey this is like. What's how Zettelkasten is being taught when you Google it? Like, I think out of the nine articles online, everyone's just regurgitating Sanke Ahrens's, you know, version of like fleeting notes and all of these terms that Lumen never used. And it was just super confusing that I was like, when I went deep down the rabbit hole and when I read Lumen's, you know, work, 
And when I read his paper and when I read um, Johannes Schmidt's paper and I spent, you know, months going deep down the rabbit hole and reverse engineering and like, you know, translating Lumen's digital archive and the notes, getting them, uh, you know, translated and then writing down the translated versions by hand to like really understand how it really worked. And I think the the passion slash anger early on was like, God damn, like no one's actually teaching how it truly worked like the you know which they like the at least to me the the whole concept of taking bib notes you know like on the bib card and like how lumen took the notes that was very unclear as well the whole workflow was very unclear mm-hmm. you i think you're you're you've you have i think taught it clearer than anyone that i've seen like digitally wise you know actually taking ref notes and that diagram that you showed um mm-hmm. so yeah, that's I've kind of just um, shotgunned around a lot of stuff. The um, the the whole digital and uh, digital, oh yeah, digital and Zettelkasten being contradictory is I think that came from a an article. I think what I was doing and what I was reading at the time was um, essentially Sasha talking about Fogel's idol being. No, Lumen was not about Fogel's Idol. And Fogel's Idol, I have like the quotes, is just, you know, archaic and not useful and stuff like that. And my response was like, the only thing, you know, redundant about uh, a digital Zettelkasten is the digital part or the Zettelkasten part. And the reason that there is some truth to that is because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that Lumen Zettelkasten did um, actually optimize for and fix was like, the things like retrieving knowledge, finding knowledge. How do you find like a specific and individual uh, idea? You know, if you're just using a category-based note box system and note card system, it's like you couldn't link to an individual idea. You know, mm-hmm. before you know, before like a Lumanian style note box. Um, so it was a a jab more at like no. My response to uh, you know Fogel's idol being archaic or not needed is actually the only thing unneeded in a digital Zettelkasten is the digital part. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one angle. The other angle yeah. too is it's a dichotomy. It's like on one hand, it's 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 weird. Like I've gone through this transition where in the very early and the very beginning phases, I was very much because if you're not polarizing and if you're not prolific, you know, and there's a fine line then you can be at risk of being mainstream and being boring and then just, you know, getting zero attention. And so if you're very early on, you know, I was a lot more diehard, like analog is the the way, the truth mm-hmm. and life. And I very much am, at least for me, and at least mm-hmm. for, there's a lot of people too. I hold analog as the most helpful, most productive, best way for me, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of people, digital is going to be, people, there's a lot of, People can't think, you know, in analog. It's just too slow. You know, digital is the way for them. That's fine. Like I've kind of evolved my um, polarizing viewpoints to be more open-minded. Yet at the same time, I also want to be very clear to people uh, and stand out of like, no, like I will teach the analog way and I will be very clear on here's the analog way. Here's like how the original Lumen version worked. And um, otherwise, it's going to be confusing, could be mainstream, and um, you'll go ignored and people won't see, you know, how Lumen's system works. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Now, if you take it too far, which, you know, a lot of people go and it could work is when you go down too far down the polarization spectrum, then you get into the crazy zone. And that's not the zone that you want to be in either. You know, it's like what we're talking about is very, it's very analogous to, you know, like what goes on politically is like, you know, QAnon is over here on the spectrum, you know, over here is the, you know, that's the crazy land. Then you have like, you know, there's different shades of it. But it is helpful to be like on one side and very clear and, you know, saying certain things versus to being like um, confusing, you know, and in the middle and floating between everything. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's my uh, that's my story. And I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that tracks. That was kind of what I was feeling was going on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it yeah. Felt, yeah it's, I can see when you certainly more so in the past maybe were were sort of staking a claim, you know, in a very crowded. I mean, it's small. We're in a very niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. Yes, I know. subculture here, but within that, it can be crowded. You know, it can feel crowded. So yeah, um, you know, wanting to kind of like you got to kind of you know sometimes you got to kind of elbow your way in a little bit and nudge some people out of the way to kind of be like, okay, here's here's my take. Here's what I'm bringing the table like i want people to, to check this out you know um yeah i mean we all do it on some level yeah you know, yeah i certainly have done it you know yeah here and there yeah no yeah. i i think i think what what you're what's what's really cool about what you're doing is that you are bringing a lot of the, i mean the same principles that lumen um taught but you're bringing it digitally and even the fogel's the fogel's idol i mean that's i just not a big fan of i'm not a big fan of that that term just call it numeric why are you using a term you don't like that term i know you don't like that term. everyone talks everyone uses that term you know it's Ah, like yeah i don't even really like that term i i like that i like the term like card addresses you know you don't use numeric alpha isn't that your yeah yeah numeric alpha card addresses i call it card addresses because i like instead of it being card ids because they're not really ids they're like addresses to a location of a note um yeah so that's my uh yeah. I like how you know you 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 teach all of the principles um you know in your workflow which I think is uh yeah really really awesome and valuable for the space. Well the yeah. principles are what bind us in this in this world of Zettelkast and you know I I think the principles the you know that the whole thing I was talking about earlier like what was Lumen trying to do like I, and I was saying like I think he was trying to like free himself of you know those constraints. You know those are the things that we can build on you know, getting too into like, well, do you do it this way? Do you use a obsidian? Do you use analog? Do you use like, that's interesting. And it can be useful for sure, for, for sure, because they have an effect on what, what we, what we do, but, mm-hmm. but the principles and the concepts and the methods and the it, intentions are really where I think people can connect and build more. So like building the community, which, which I am into, you know, I'm into building this community and I'm, I'm really into part of why I teach this course. And I've, I tell my students, I say, part of why I teach this four week course is course is just so I can teach people how to talk about this intelligently in the public space. So I don't have yeah. to do all day long. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to create yeah. more yeah. knowledgeable people. Literally. That is what my intention is, is like, just get more people who can speak about it intelligently. And I don't mean like intellectually, I just mean like, just can speak like not like a crazy person about it. Yeah. And like, then they can just, then we can just build 
so we can finally talk about something else other than like what's a bib note and what's a literature note Mm -hmm. i can talk about that all day long but like you know i'd also like to talk about this you know this music zettelkasten you know like there's so many other things we could get into but we have to kind of work out the the ground floor first and i feel like that's what i'm doing that's obviously what you're trying to do and are doing um you know we got to kind of like build the foundation here so that we can actually you know talk about so we don't have to talk about zettelkasten we can actually talk about what we want like our interests yeah I'm yeah. writing about Zettelkasten because I have to, because I have to, yeah. I'm trying to create an, an environment that people can work with. But I also, I have all those other, you know, those Projects. spiritual books. So yeah. You know? Yep. So yep. yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just in that. We're unfortunate enough to have to be at the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's take, yeah. It's like, I, I, uh, it's taking a detour. It's been, it's been fun though. It's also been like, uh, it it's been, fun. yeah, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to, to do but i I, th- I think there's like a a, a a cap at least you know for me it's like i'm, I'm not probably going to write another book on uh you know the <laughs> yeah. the anti-net I've, I've said you know everything that i want to say and i think it's been useful help to advance the community and what you're doing same same exact thing mm, it's like yeah. i think a lot of people yeah you're going to benefit from it from your teachings yeah um tell me this what, what else what else uh what else um should we cover that uh that i didn't cover what area what what thing or question what is there a specific thing that you wanted to uh you know get out there to the world and talk about hmm i mean with regards to you know i i mean i can go anywhere you know i <laughs> I, I really um I really thought your interview with Nick was, was, was really well done. Nick, Nick is a great guy to talk to. Um, and, and he gives thoughtful answers and I think real answers. And, and it's also fun to crack the Nick, Nick Milo shell too. Mm-hmm. See, there's a number of different Nick Milos in the world as you, you were talking about with him. That's, um, that's yeah. That's what I was, I was like getting at. It's like, you, you never, you know, in his YouTube presence or anything, you never, you're under, you never understand his actual origin story and background. He gets yeah. this kind of compartmentalized, you know, yeah. you're very good about, uh, sharing the multiple <laughs> facets and properties yeah. of Bob Dotto, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I didn't yeah. have to like, you know, Dig. I don't th- think we dug too much around that area, um, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, keep going. Yeah. So so you know, I was just thinking about that interview, and 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 I was glad to hear you both talk about um, the infiltration of productivity into PKM or PKD or any of these, you know, this sort of idea world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something I, I find very interesting to track and clock because it shows up a lot. It has a big influence in how people think about these tools. Um, the productivity scene, you know, mm-hmm. has kind of come in there. Um, so, you know, that, you know, my interest, even with Zettelkasten, and it's it's basically anything I get interested in, I'm interested in the kind of social, cultural aspects of it. Yeah. So, yes, I'm interested in like, what is a fleeting note or like, what is a reference note or whatever um, that I like trying to explain that to people in as clear a way as possible. But I really like the kind of social element. So the the sort of inner politics of of the scenes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you know those are all things like the ZK, I mean the DE forum, you know, their mm-hmm. world and all that kind let's, of stuff. Let's, all very let's, let's get into specifics. What is oh, your sure. uh <laughs> what is your what is your 
your your gauge your assessment your intel report on the uh the scene of of uh Zettelkasten and, and PKM and you know GTD well, all that not really GTD but like let's just talk PKM Zettelkasten like what's your what's your uh yeah report on the scene I think there's a lot of people no I, would, no, I shouldn't say a lot of people there are I mean, social media has really changed the way scenes function. What you have in any scene now with social media is you have a, every person is attempting to be the pundit of the scene because mm-hmm. they have a microphone mm-hmm. and they don't want to be discredited. So you have a lot of people trying to take over the narrative, you know, to direct it, to be the, to be the go-to person. Mm-hmm. I think in a good sense, the PKM world, the, the thing I love about the PKM world, and, and I did not grow up with the PKM world, so I came to it as like a foreigner, as an outsider. Well, you came to it as a prolific writer already, which is, I think, a really cool and unique thing. I, I, yeah, I think that helps me because I can come with a little bit of street cred, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and, and that helps me like situate myself within it, but I, but it, the con the way of being and the people and the way of thinking and that productivity and all that stuff was very foreign to me. But what I appreciated about PKM was that I found that people were genuinely interested in wanting to know things and learn things mm-hmm. and were not ashamed to show that. Yeah. Um, the s- people who take your courses you as in the, all of us take our courses, want to learn. They want to be a student. And mm-hmm. that is not always common, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. That's a great circles. aspect. Great aspect of this. You find like super interesting people, people like that are like, you know, scholars and theology. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, going down like with their areas and fields of study. And you're like, damn, this is awesome. This is a great niche of like, like-minded people who love learning. You know, it's like, not like you're, typical niches of people that just want to, you know, make money without lifting a finger or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people totally. are like it, the, fascinated with the intellectual pursuit and they've got a lot of interesting work to show for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that is a real, that, that, that is a real thing in this, this community that, and I think it's a really good thing. I think um, on the negative side though, you have a number of um, very, how shall I put this? Very gatekeepery uh, white males. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I'm that's just what go, that's what I'm the just go there. that's what uh yeah it seems it, like yeah it, it, and it's and it's and it's unfortunate um that you have a couple people who are who are just trying to def- they, they, they they're just limited thinkers. They're just mm-hmm. limited thinkers. They don't have an expansive worldview of, of what's possible. And that can create, this happens, I think, more so in Zettelkasten than it does outside. And Nick, the reason I even brought Nick up is because Nick is fully aware of that. Because Nick really tried to create a, a place that didn't have that. And I think he successfully, he was successful at that. Zettelkasten, I think because of the nature, it's Zettelkasten is like a puzzle when you find out about Zettelkasten. And you're like, I kind of can see what it is, but I'm super confused. Mm-hmm. And if I just try harder, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And when you do, when it finally clicks, it's such a moment of, I got it, that now you think 
you've always had it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I am the authority on Zettelkasten now. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I went through it. You know, mm-hmm. I am the authority. I got mm-hmm. it. And it's because you solved the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is, is that people come into the space as if they are the only one who solved the puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and they, and they, and, and it just, you know, that can be a bit of a drag, it, it, you know, a lot of ego and stuff like that. And, and yeah, you get 15 comments and, you know, the, the thread all just arguing amongst themselves to a very basic question too. Very, and, yeah. Yeah. And then there's like 15 different responses uh, that seemingly contradict one another or one up one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my hope, wrong. yeah, my hope is that with what we were talking before with, with the more people, more people learning, more people doing what you're doing, you know, under like getting into like that kind of like very lumen esque, although I still don't understand what your deal is with those top level category things. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, we can, we can, we can, we can chat about that. (laughs) But nevertheless, everything else I'm on board with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, But you know, when you get more people who, who are doing the work like you're doing, maybe like what bit of what I'm doing and, and certainly other people and, just becoming more informed, more voices will inevitably show up. More diverse voices will show up. More diverse takes and appreciations and feelings on the matters will show up. And I, I just think we'll have a much more rich scene. So mm-hmm. we're kind of in that weird birth stage, you know, where it's just it's a little violent and little this and everyone's yeah. vying for attention. And, you know, so that's where I think we're at. I, I think it, I'm hopeful that it'll settle down because it'll cast and gets a bad rap. And understandably, rightfully so, because that's what people... I, uh, I guess I've yeah heard or seen. It's like someone like you know like in comments. One of one of my uh, you know emails went, um, you know, caught on in like the hacker news community, and then mm-hmm. you know the replies and in, in, yeah. yeah yeah the replies in the community are like as soon as I saw Zettelkasten, like my eyes rolled. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, and so so there's a, a negative uh, connotation with the term Zettelkasten. Um, yeah 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 and and that's 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 gonna hopefully will change with time and 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 um and yeah that that's that's where i'm that's where i'd like to push it is that like hey dudes it's just a tool you know it's a tool that actually has like these amazing wonderful benefits both personally and creatively um but it's not like you know it doesn't have to be this kind of this like i don't know this like uh this thing that people feel they, you know, if you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who are not using Zettelkasten and are way cooler and are doing way more interesting work mm-hmm. than a lot of people who do Zettelkasten, you know? So, yeah. you know, yeah. so it'll find its its place, I think. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Well, let, let's t- touch on, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like for the people that are like, you know, Zettelkasten and PKM nerds, like we've gone so deep into a broad range of uh, Zettelkasten stuff, you know, during this, this entire, like now, like two hours, you know, of, uh, <laughs> I wanted, I want to yeah. cap this off by chatting with the, uh, chatting about the more, uh, interesting things or not more interesting things, but the more, um, you know, uh, facets and things that, um, you know, are out there. I think it's in your Twitter bio, the anarcho-Marxism. I'm curious about this. What what does anarcho-Marxism mean? Uh, mm. Teach me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah, um, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> so, so uh, my my sort of coming up 
I, I came up in kind of punk rock, uh, hardcore music, kind of alternative things, um, and a lot of like art stuff. Um, and some of that like New York style, early eighties experimental music, which is all just to say that in that world, the, the sort of political leanings tend to be more in the anarchism world or the leftist world or whatever. There's a lot mm-hmm. of that. There's certainly a lot of right, right stuff as well. Um, but um, the stuff I had an affinity towards was more towards the lefty kind of things. Um, but I, anarchism became really important to me as a way a framework, a way of looking at the world, a way of looking at ideas, a way of learning um, sort of it's the bottom up. I mean, Nicholas mm-hmm. Luhmann, Zettelkasten is an anarchic way to do things, which is mm-hmm. like, when I realized that, I was like, well, um, you know, just sign me over here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Blood, blood signing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it believes in the kind of rhizome and that kind of stuff. So the, the anarcho is, the term anarcho is just a, a brief of the anarchism. Yeah. Right? And anarchism could be like politics anarchism. It could be mentality. It can be social. It can be lifestyle, be all sorts of things. Um, Marxism is, um, you know, something I've always kind of held dear because I think a Marxist, I think of Marxism more as in the critical theory, the literary criticism, Marxist approach, not necessarily Marxist, like, uh, the Russian Soviet union, Yeah, (laughs) more, more, more in the literary theory aspect where you're kind of looking at the way labor and commerce and and you'll hear it in a lot of when i describe things and and unpack things you'll often hear me refer to like the kind of labor aspects the commerce aspects um the intersection of the way um the economy and social conditions affect art and the way we we view the world so marxist critique is that is to kind of take into consideration social conditions Mm -hmm when you're talking about anything right this mm-hmm. marxist everything you can look at marx you know things from a marxist lens all different things i mean um yeah. so anarcho-marxist is it's kind of like that 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 under that way of approaching things is like but looking at things from bottom up you know and also taking into account social conditions um so so when i said before like i usually get very interested in the social aspects of the scenes mm-hmm. i'm involved in that's mm-hmm. what i mean you know i i'm really interested in how the politics within scenes work and how people i love talking about how subcultures self-define and yeah um, I, I i like clock your like part of what interests me about what you're doing is i love watching how whether it's consciously or subconsciously you are creating you have both insulated yourself with the term anti-net. Like you've kind of created a little place for yourself over here, even in your subreddit, mm-hmm. you know, you have your mm-hmm. own, it's separate than Zellacassin, yeah. you know, I, mm-hmm. it's very apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you're kind of creating this boundary, but at the same time you're crossing the boundary and you're still like, part, we're still talking. Obviously we can have a conversation about Zettelkasten. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, so I'm really yeah. interested in how all that, develops the concept of like borders you know like a border is good or bad and it's just like borderless is like you know it's like well then then if you're borderless you know it's like you almost don't stand for any principles you just accept all principles Mm -hmm. if you have some borders it's like a way to kind of like uh add some distinction on like the principles that you stand by or hold and you know abide by though you like once again you don't want to cross the prolific zone to go too far into the crazy zone and just Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people end up doing you know it's like 
So what you're building is like, and this is, it's kind of like, and I love how cryptocurrency works. My That's my, my past life. And a large part of my current life is in like crypto networks and blockchain networks. And I love how they just fork off their communities or, or you disagree with me, you know, I'm going to fork off my coin. Like <laughs> you disagree with Ethereum going to, you know, proof of stake and staking instead of mining and then we're that's fine. We're just going to create a fork. So all the people that believe can follow a certain you know way or a certain practice. So the the anti-net, yeah, it's like a fork of Zettelkasten. It's mm-hmm. like those that practice the analog Lumanian Zettelkasten. It's yeah, it's 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 interesting. It is a community. It's a scene, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, it's like with a with with creating that type of scene or community. It, you bear a lot of responsibility too to not be overly dogmatic and doctrinaire and be like, you know, and very early on, I was a lot more, you know, doctrinaire than I dogmatic than I, that I, I had well, but I was always pretty tempered, but you have to, with, with uh, creating your own scene, you, you know, it's like, if you get into dogmatic land, man, it's like you wield a lot of power and you don't want to go there necessarily because then it, can, yeah, it leads to the downfall. It leads to the downfall of the growth and learning. You know, it's like, the key with with all of this, it's it's weird. It's like you want to be distinct and be principle based, but at the same time, the dichotomy is you want to be open, curious, and committed to learning. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think I think uh, you know it's like a it's a balance there. Um, uh, real quick, l- let me hear this on the anarcho Marxism scene and community. What is that scene and community like? Do you keep up with with? Oh, it's uh, that? terrible. Terrible. (laughs) I think there was a documentary. My (laughs) sister was talking about this. She was she got like super depressed because she was like watching this Netflix documentary alone of this this anarchy uh, documentary where one of the guys like there was like a murder and it like took place at an anarchy convention in Mexico. Maybe you've heard of this. Um, Yeah, and I think there was like signed with blood like type of uh, anarchy type of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, political scenes are the fucking worst man and and the leftist <laughs> scene is like terrible I, I was much more involved in it when i was younger um i volunteer i used to I used to volunteer for a short period of time like at an anarchist bookstore in philadelphia and i was i was just more involved in like that discourse and i hate it it's terrible um it's it's just it's just a toxic scene you know the but as are as are all niche scenes at some level um, so yeah, I don't really have any relationship to it formally anymore, but I just, I endear towards it. I will always, it'll always be a part of me. It, it informs a lot of how I view the world. Um, uh, so yeah, so I don't keep tabs. I mean, I keep little tabs on what's going on there and on like online and stuff, but most of it, I, I don't really have an interest in. So they're just, I've been around it enough to have the frameworks and, or just at least the way of looking at the world, the way of of unpacking things I see it's already in me. So I don't, I don't feel like I have to like stay up on every single Twitter feed by every single anarchist in the, on the planet. There's yeah. like a couple people I know who, who I trust, who I follow what they have to say on things and the rest. I just let argue with themselves. Most yeah. of it's just arguing. So, and I don't yeah. have any interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. At all. I hate yeah. debate. I'm, I'm anti-debate these days. I, I, I am taking a new course, which is I don't believe in debating. I believe in building. That's yeah. my new thing. It's like, I don't need to debate you on your Zettelkasten thing. I'm here to like build on what can we build based on what you do and what yeah. I do. 
that's yeah. my thing now yeah so. maybe you've seen me I, i've kind of transitioned into that um mode as much well. better you're doing much yeah. better i will say i yeah. commend you i want to commend you officially <laughs> and publicly because hey, well, thank you've you come a thank long you. way you are you are you're you're opening up into the broader conversation is so beneficial to the community um and i think for yourself but i think it's so beneficial and so much more helpful um it's a it's a great thing to see I, i'm very yeah. pro i'm very pro uh Scott 2.3.0, wherever you're at now. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> you know, and, you know, at, at the same time, to be clear, it's like, you know, I still talk about and will strongly advocate, you know, for mm-hmm. analog, you know, because, yeah, Go obviously, for it. Um, though it is, it is good to have you in the community. I appreciate you, you being in the community. You know, it's, uh, that's why it's good to have a diverse community as well, because it's like, you know, if I go, too much into the analog is the truth the way in the life and there's nothing else you know of course i jokingly and people can tell i say like okay here's here's how i would build out a digital zettel costume or a digital anti oh i've seen that and then like (laughs) i i outline it and then the very last sentence i say all right now the last thing i would do is is delete the whole thing and go analog right (laughs) I thought that was very so funny. I'm going, you know, it's like, yeah, I will, I will stick with that though. You yeah, know, it's like, please, I think I actually, to. I think though that I would love to see people trying out, you know, like delete doing some of the more friction things in digital uh, with the digital Zettel cost. And I'd love to see people try to delete search and create a manual index. I'd love to see people disable copy and paste. I'd love to see people disable like editing after a certain date or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to rethink technology and these tools to not actually, this is something I got pretty much like uh, kicked out or ignored from the Scrintle beta user group or, you know, cause he contacted me. I'm like, why the hell are you contacting me? Do your research. Like I'm an analog. No, he contacted me there. <laughs> and I, I got in there and I was like, he was like showing me the product demo of like Scrintle and like all it's like visual note taking visual connecting of notes. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, do you have search? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, delete that. And then <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, so he's like looking for user feedback, product feedback. So I'm like, delete that delete copy and paste create manual index and this thing will be badass i'll still not use it but it'll be it'll be uh pretty interesting <laughs> and he's like really after funny. that he's just like yeah uh, we're, uh yeah yeah actually it, actually yeah it was uh it was he, he basically was like here's the login and let me know you know if you use it and i haven't logged in since and <laughs> So no no so, user feedback. It's so funny. I I had gotten asked to do a few of these things too. Maybe Scrintle, I don't know, but a napkin or some other ones too. And the one of the first questions I always ask, I'm like, well, is it local local files? And they're like, yeah. no. I'm like, well, it's already too slow. I can tell you it's way too slow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What do I need? Yeah. I don't want my stuff on your database, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. This was a so, web app. That's a good point. Yeah. They, it's just, a, you're, it's automatically uh, glitchy and yeah. the, the kind of friction we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Tech is yeah. friction in my opinion. Tech is just yeah. tech is just ways of mediating friction. <laughs> that is tech. one that is one thing I've always loved. I like after I stopped using Obsidian and went analog, you know, like I still used for a while. Now I've switched to Ulysses, but like I used um because Ulysses is local as well, like local files. Mm-hmm. But like that's one thing I, I loved about Obsidian. It's just how quick and snappy it is. It's Dude, it's amazing. It's awesome. And so I use I continue to use it for writing because I'm like this is fr- it's freaking. It's an awesome app. I you know? 
love it. At first I was like many other people, I was like, what is this thing? Like yeah. this is some sort of weird Frankenstein with like purple, whatever. And yeah. then over the years, I mean, it has become basically my, so I am in Obsidian all day long. It's where my Zettel custom obviously is where all my writing takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, you know, and not because of all the plugins. I mean, I have a handful that just help it do a few things that I want it to do, but mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's a great platform for writing for yeah 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 i I can't speak highly enough about it yeah (laughs) even though i come down on them now and again and then get like completely shit on in the reddit (laughs) have you have you tried other tools like log seek i feel like there's going Mm. to be a new obsidian or something there's always like some new shiny tool or object i think a lot of people were talking about log seek for a while log sec yeah i don't that's like uh because log seek is is block uh outliner style okay. like rome like rome is yeah. so i can't roll with that at all i yeah. still need like folders for things and like even though i use user interfaces that i create you know i i still like like a document i want a document i don't want like bullets and stuff you know yeah unless unless yeah. i want to make a bullet you know? yeah it's, it's interesting those is i've thought about like you know how lumen's settle cost and um you know, could be digitized and viewed these, you know, instead of it just being one, like it's, I actually could see it being just one big, one big, massive, almost bullet point outline vert, you know, list thing, just one document, but Mm -hmm. each bullet point has its own address, almost like each bullet point is its own, like, you know, card address that you can link to. And that's like one way of like, I think that makes more sense as a way of like how to visualize his, Settle cost and then does you know the obsidian graph view with just a bunch mm-hmm. of bubble graphs like you know Nick's way of like viewing everything. Um, you know, the way that well, but and that's the way that you've structured yours. It's like it allows for that almost that continued mm-hmm. ne- nested long view. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think that Rome and Logseek and those styles that block out like out bulleted style is very close i mean that it is a card catalog i mean it is a slip mm-hmm. box you know it is it it is that just digital mm-hmm. i don't like it because i just like to do more in my platform you know and obsidian mm-hmm. is more broad in scope yeah um but i do think that i mean that's the deal right you know it's like have a note slot it here you know there it goes it's, all down you know it's just mm-hmm. that's laying out this way and lumens is flat you know because you're mm-hmm. looking through the cards so mm-hmm. um yeah I, yeah i mean the all these these handful of platforms they're all they're all they all have lumen in somewhere in their background you know mm-hmm. speaking to them not that they they all and take a different con- approach con- consciously even knew it you know <laughs> yeah some really yeah. were like yeah they were like i want you know i want this to reflect lumen's approach or whatever mm-hmm. um and some just kind of were inspired by it or something like that so mm-hmm. and that's that's all right by me yeah you know? yeah yeah well yeah man we've been going like two and a half hours uh anything anything else we should we should cover this has been freaking awesome it's been fun to to just yeah. we've we've touched on a lot of different topics um you know one we could talk about this is tempting is uh but i don't know how you know, long this this rabbit hole will take us is uh, to talk about the top level classifications and like the branch structure and talk about that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm 
I'm very, I'll tell you what, I'm very curious about your putting that in there because, and you're going to explain it to me, So, but, yeah. but I'm going to just say, because to me, it is antithetical to the entire system. And it's something that I have noticed that people need to then un- potentially unlearn. Mm-hmm. Now, I trust that you have a reason and I trust you're going to tell me why. Um, and I'm curious w- w- why you why you have that as part of the anti-net method or methodology or whatever. Tell yeah. tell me, teach me. Yeah, yeah, why yeah. Why that's yeah. there, yeah. So, and I, I also want to highlight or, you know, I, I tweeted out that one guy that did a video on his own, you know, analog Zettelkasten. Mm-hmm. And he talked about like the first thing you do is like top level structure <laughs> or whatever. Right. I comment. Uh, and, <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily endorsing him or his way of doing things or, and how he explained it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think how he explains it and how he goes about it is different than um, how I teach it. Mm-hmm. And I have a very brief, you know, I have like the shortened guide of how I teach it, which is what you said. A shortened guide, which is like 63. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, And in that one, so it's what we're talking about just to provide context. Let me, let me, let me like get clarity on this to provide context is the uh, classification system, right. Of uh, having top level branches and then like, you know, like one, one, three, one slash and the 1131 is you know the top level category or mm-hmm. something like that right and so how i uh thought about it and crafted it and how i teach it is there's like a number of ways to to think about this is um when i first set out is how how i think sanke arns taught how zettelkasten worked what in his very brief like maybe one paragraph example was like the first note is one. The second note is one A. The third note is, you know, one B. And then there's like one B, one B one, one B two, you know, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And when I investigated like Lumens, you know, he had two Zettelkastens. The first one had 108 top level categories. Like, you know, one was love, one was ideology, one was like a bunch of different top level categories. And then the second one, there was 11 top level categories. And when you looked at it and when I looked at the notes and when I hand wrote them out, you know, um, what I noticed is that like the first top level categories, you know, followed by like a period or a slash, he actually used slashes in his second one. Uh, I'm pretty sure he might've used it in his first one as well, Mm. but they mapped to, so one was actually would map to 1000. So it would get up to like ideology is like one, one, three, four, right? And it falls under the top level category of one. Mm-hmm. And so when I did this, I was like, well, I don't like have just 11, you know, top level branches of knowledge. Like Lumens was, you know, state or state as a system, like all like 11 that were all focused on sociology and society. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I have so many different, like I've, I go, I read across many different disciplinary fields and I was like, how do I encapsulate and accommodate for all the different fields and all the future fields that I might get into? Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at classification systems and classifications 
schemes and you know stanford has a pretty good one all-encompassing one but the best one i found you know and then everyone has had different classification systems throughout the ages you know starting in the renaissance and like john locke had his own classification scheme plato had his own i believe and there's like a bunch of different ones and the one that made most sense to me because it was also like very people powered and like bottom up and all encompassing was the wikipedia's academic mm -hmm. disciplines and so i was like okay let me try this out and so that to me i chose that you know mm -hmm, it made mm -hmm. sense in my mind however what a lot of people they get hung up on is a lot of people you can create your own classification scheme you know top level classification scheme just like lumen did and they're a good what you'll discover even in mine is the reason it doesn't matter is because it's infinitely internally expanding, just like kind of like a tree. You can always branch, always fork. So I'm like, I never run into any limitations. And the name of the game is just to always install the card nearest its closest neighbor or its closest branch. Mm -hmm. And um, also one of the things that the, the branch or, you know, I, I continue to call it branches. That's, I don't like to think of it as classified, like as, categories or or anything like that i like to think of it as branches and yeah sure you can name a branch like you know my my branch for for settle costin was 4214 and now i call it like the anti-net branch really i don't call it it's just anything and it just it adds like when you link to from like a 4214 branch to a different branch in a different remote location on your tree it does add a cool little bit of context like oh that's weird like why is this you know card on information science you know linking to a card in you know arts and humanities and theology or something <clears throat> like that, the theology branch so yeah that's that's just mm -hmm. how it makes sense in my mind um yeah. a lot of people here's the the pro is this in using wikipedia and academic disciplines it's, that's how i teach beginners the pro is that it gets people started and you just tell people, write 5,000, you know, and that's your applied sciences. And you can look up Wikipedia's, you know, classifications to help you decide on what to call a branch, right? So it kills that roadblock of progress. A lot of people, so many people, and you probably know this, have paralysis, you know, have a mm -hmm. paralysis by analysis. And so just giving them a classification system helps people get started. Mm -hmm. What you discover is it doesn't really matter. Um, and you also discover that, like, you know, people can choose their own and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But if people choose their own, they try to architect their own. They may get hung up on trying to architect it as a Dewey Decimal System and a perfect taxonomy. And it's not a taxonomy. It's not like a Dewey Decimal System. It's just any number that adds a contextual container for you to, to start evolving thoughts and talking about a certain subject area. Mm -hmm. Like I have a lot of, you know, branches in there that maybe have like four cards and that's it. And it's mm -hmm. like, I have a lot of, I have so, so many branches in there that, that don't even have allocated spaces yet, you know, like, right. and it's just one big weird structure just like mm. lumens was and mm. uh that is my point it's like a good rough starting point you know johannes schmidt uses the term rough a rough structure to describe zettelkasten and i like to think of it like the it as a good rough starting point like a good like kind of like a tree what is a tree it's it's not rigid it's not fluid or dynamic 
it's a rough structure mm-hmm. and that it's anti-fragile. Everyone uses the term anti-fragile in a way that fits them and their own agenda. I'm going to do the same. It's an anti-fragile mm-hmm. system, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's atomic <laughs> bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that's mm-hmm. the, that's my philosophy on it. It's not Dewey decimal. And that's why yeah. I use classification uh, the way I use it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is one of, that is where we fork off from one another, I think, <laughs> which yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was, I was just curious about that. Um, Do you use any top level categories or your notes no. like, like two, one, two, three, four, five, like, you know, no, are, no is it, it completely flat? So it's it's basically this. Start with note one, right? Mm-hmm. If the next note you take, the next idea you have, let's say talk about ideas, the next idea you have speaks to that one, then it's whatever, you know, one A or one A one or whatever yeah. you're at at that point. Do you do like one dot one? I just do you just I do... start my first notes always are A, one, one A, two A, three A, four A. So yeah. the 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 front number is going to be a rough sense of like it's just going to be a new category kind or a new topic. It really, it's really subjective. So for example, my Zettelkasten started when I was writing a lot about social media. So all my first notes, all my ones have to do with social media, but I was Mm -hmm. also writing about tech and not in the sense of social media. So tech ended up being two, Mm -hmm. all the twos. Um, but what I didn't do, I didn't define that. I just knew that I was, I had a note, I forget what that first tech note was, but it was something pretty broad about tech. And I was like, this isn't really social media. So I'll just, I'll just call it two. Mm-hmm. And it was only later that I was like, as the ideas were developing that I was like, oh, this section is really talking about tech. So if I want to find where my tech notes are, I'm going to throw, in a, I'm going to put a note in front that's number two, right? So the first mm-hmm. note is 2A. I'll just... I say so I saved the raw number for for just as a header. And it just is like a it's just a placeholder. So when I scroll okay. through it, I can see tech and I'm like, okay, there's mm-hmm. the tech notes or whatever. More so for the long the notes farther down in the scroll. Mm-hmm. Um so it's what I would call like topic emergent or something, another buzzword. Yeah. Um hey, it's know, a top emergent. level, it's a top level classification. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You have it's social not. media. No, <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Tech is two. But I no. agree it is it is emergent. It's emergent. It comes later, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's it only it only develops after I see what's happening. Now within within the area where all the tech notes are, if there's another thread that I want to make a note of, I will say, create a note and say, this is tech and anarcho-Marxism, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. I don't have those notes, yeah. but <laughs> I would just slot that in. I would throw that in and be like, okay, it's literally just a tab. It's like me taking a tab and putting it somewhere and saying, Hey, just as a reminder, this is where that, that thread is. Um, so there's no, there's nothing is predefined, predetermined. It, it's all happening based on. So the ideas are always happening first. And mm-hmm. then if they happen to be about a subject, I might give that a subject if I feel like I'm going to want to find it later. Mm-hmm. So a little different. Um, and th- I will just say that 
why I stick to that and why I teach it that way is because I really want to, we're so geared towards top down that our impulse in the, at least in the West, I don't know about if this happens in like other cultures, but certainly in the U S West, we are so geared towards categorizing things that that is such a major, like it's such a major step for people who come to Zettelkast and to get over that. I want to kind of start that right out of the gate. Whereas I see with you, you're kind of like, I need to give them something to like, I need to give them an olive branch. It almost feels like you're like giving them a bridge, a way to cross a way to cross into the Zettelkasten is to give them a sense that they can have these categories to at least give them, orient them. It's kind of sounds like you're saying. Yeah. Well, I do that in the, the getting started guide just to yeah. help people get started in my book. Mm-hmm. It's a lot denser and deeper where I introduce, like, you know, I tell them, you know, you can go category less and explain it to them that emergent way, like what exactly right. what you're talking about. Right. And then I get, you know, talk about like, you know, here's a, you know, five other classification schemes you can mm-hmm. use all mm-hmm. on, on on that front. Um, and I, maybe in the, my getting started guide, I think I say, um, I talk about how you can choose your own classification scheme. I don't, I don't recall. I think, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I do. I think I might, that, that guide is just like, take out a pen, follow me so that you'll understand it after you built it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, yeah. they'll find that, okay, they, they, they first, you know, create the first, you know, five big branches of knowledge, and then they can create like 6,000, you know, 7,000, 8,000, like, you know, all of those, um, you know, or even, you know, scratch it mm-hmm. and create their own classification, 9,000, you know, go, go up. But the, the, the important thing is, is that, um, you know, I think the the one thing is that the tree structure and even this structure, just because every card is uniquely addressed, it allows for the category emergent because so much like I don't I have maybe uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 percent of the branches are actually filled up. So there's so much open room. So it's like mm-hmm. if I wanted to create like social media, I would just I would probably go within applied sciences applied arts and sciences and go nearest to marketing the marketing branch let's say that's like you know five to fifty two hundred and i would just create social media fifty two one zero and mm-hmm. boom there it is and then i have it in my index it doesn't matter you know it says it but it, it emerged when i needed it you know it doesn't matter what it is where it is it's kind of imagine it's nice to have it nearest its closest you know container so if, if i'm going to marketing i can accidentally stumble upon it um and then index it but they're like it's funny it's emergent and yeah maybe it'll start at 5210 but then it'll like turn into something completely different because all i talk about within social media is tiktok so it'll essentially <laughs> by by <laughs> it'll essentially right. become like a TikTok branch, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I exactly. don't have to name it. It's it's fine. Like it's yeah, you know, yeah, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. So you know, um, well, it's that's like good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some people they'll be like, oh, you need a pre-plan and do like social media fifty two one zero. Then like fifty two one one should be TikTok and then Facebook and all that and overthink it. It's like no, you don't have to. Like it's just a rough starting point mm-hmm. for your knowledge to evolve. So right. yeah, maybe, you know. So that's that's I think in their Reddit thread, that's one thing I wanted to say. It's like yeah, I like the idea of category emergence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't only it can it it happen it can happen in if you define like a, even a broad classification system um, right. because yeah. 
Yeah, I noticed that with yours. I mean, because we touched on this in, in some comments, you know, a while back, a few months ago, maybe, where you were saying we were talking about lit notes or ref bib notes or references or whatever, and and you had sh- you were showing me that you're like, yeah, within underneath the category, it is it is the network, you know, like it looks the same as Lumen's, you know, thing. I see, I I think we dis I don't know if this is exactly what we're saying, but I, I do think that we disagree in in the sense of I don't think Lumen had any predefined categories whatsoever. Certainly not in ZK2. And or ZK, ZK1. Maybe. Even in ZK1, maybe in it's ZK1 like... it's a little bit, but if you look at them, I mean, there's no way he could have thought of some of those titles ahead of time. They're way too niche. They, they can only exist after he's already thought of something, you know, after he's already worked out some ideas, which again, I don't care. Like, I don't care if you people add things, you know, um, I just, I'm, I'm more interested in what it, how it, where it pushes a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of them have their shadows, right? All mm-hmm. these methods have their shadows, right? The bottom yeah. up also has a con, you know, and a shadow. Yeah. Um, and the, the the categories has a shadow too, which is you probably see this in your antinet that people will be like, where does this, what category should I put this note in? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the shadows of doing it that way. But yep. there's yep. shadows of doing it emergent also, mm-hmm. which is paralysis yeah. and confusion and yeah. maybe not even starting because there's nothing to go on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so- you know, it's actually so definitely I agree with you that his his second settle cost in all the subcategories and sub branches and like stems of thoughts it was all emergent. It came about as just like, you know, with my branch is four, two, one, four. It's like emergent, right? Mm-hmm. Like because there's, you know, 50, 60, maybe 100 different sub branches that have emerged, you know, without me planning it at all. Mm-hmm. What I don't know, and this is a good question, is I think so. Lumen's in Lumen's second settle cost, and I think he had 11, you know, top mm-hmm. level branches, right? And it's conceivable that he did pre plan and be like, here, I'm going to create like 11 top level branches in the very beginning. And then the, all the sub branches emerged, you know? I think that, but in his first settle cost, and I don't know. So that's one case. Yeah. Who knows? In his yeah, first settle cost, in this first set of costing, he had 108 top level branches. So obviously that was more emergent, you know, like, I don't think he played, who knows, maybe he did, but I, I don't think he pre-planned 108 top level categories, you know? Well, you know, that one guy, you, you were the one showing that one guy who has like 700 <laughs> fucking categories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. Van Billamont. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, we don't know. I mean, and in a way that's kind of awesome. You know, it's like, we'll never know. You can get, you can, because I've talked to one of the the anti-netters in the community. He's a professional, you know, taxonomist and archivist, Mm -hmm. right? And so he loves categorizing things. (laughs) Like, and look, I was in the beginning when I first like started like categorizing stuff, I was like, I took all my legacy note cards from like 15 years, Mm -hmm. you know, book notes and all that. So I started categorizing it and it was like, so much fun to like categorize it oh, and then yeah. i was like it's, it is fun for sure yeah and then i was like okay this is just not super productive it's gonna take me way too long i need to like you know <laughs> yeah. stop doing this and i was I, I swear there's probably like some you know category category philia 
<laughs> disease love right. categories yeah um yeah so uh yeah anyway um i yeah that's the that's where i stand on that so mm-hmm. the yeah, um fine. it's like a it's a way that makes sense in my mind you know mm-hmm. the wikipedia top level categories so mm-hmm. and that's and what yeah it ultimately has to be personal at exactly. the end of the day, it was personal to Lumen, you know, and it was, it was, he shifted as he needed to, as it, he needed it to be reflect the person he was 20 years later, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. so it has to be that way for us too. So yeah. 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 It's cool. I'm glad I was, I'm glad to get the explanation on that. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this guy doing? Over there? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I think, I think it was probably really prompted by the, uh, that video that the, uh, that, that guy created where, um, the professor created, which, you know, He's he's putting out some cool, nice produced content, but uh he I think is way more on the pre planning of categories and yeah. um yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Well, all right, man. We've we've gone on for I love these long form discussions, <laughs> yeah, it's dude. Great. It's been it's great. hopefully I think a lot of people a lot a lot of people really find these valuable as well. They can just I'm gonna upload this on the podcast, my podcast channel as well, so people can listen to and hopefully enjoy so um yeah man so you have you have the the cohort launching october is it 10th or 11th 11 next tuesday so cool. or whatever whenever this comes out the 11th which is a tuesday cool. starts yeah awesome awesome yeah, yeah. so hopefully the, the people that have tuned into all whatever uh two hours and 45 minutes however long this is going you know check it out and uh mm-hmm. you know can can gag yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, sharpen their Zettelkasten knowledge even more by seeing yeah. the the school of Bob Dotto's teachings <laughs> and and all that stuff. So, yeah, anything I can do to support you, we'll get this thing published in the meantime and uh, get this you. out there. So, yeah, man. Um, well, cool. Anything else you want to add? Just just thanks to you. You know, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on for sure. Um, and uh, I've really, like I said before, I really liked seeing uh, where you where you've taken and how you've you yourself have grown and how you're in, in this little scene. Um, and uh, you know, it's nice, you know, like we like like we've been talking about, like we can go at it here and there very briefly. We don't really get into anything too big deal. Yeah. Um, but it's it's nice to establish a, like a human connection so that when we do disagree on things, we remember that there's like a human being there who like has a wealth of knowledge and has done their homework and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. So it just makes, I think it makes the discourse having the opportunity to do things like this makes the online discourse that much more, I think, useful and beneficial and, 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 you know, humane. Yeah. In a way. Oh too. yeah, brother. So, and so, yeah. You you keep me out of crazy zone, and I think it's beneficial <laughs> for the uh, the the overall community, you know. So uh, I'm I'm stoked and happy to you know that that we're all like you know creating this unique ecosystem and involving it yeah. together. And uh, I love the way I love your teachings, and just happy to support you. And um, yeah, it'll be fun to see you know how this whole space grows, man. So yeah. so uh, yeah yeah, look forward to uh, look forward to you know the our future discussions and and stuff and your good, great checks and balances for me when i start to rant off on uh you know uh my gripes with uh with 
digital or Sasha or Roam outlet, Research. Outlets. Or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like outlets like, in the yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah. Um, cool, Bob. Well, I, I very much enjoyed this and loved the discussion. This is going to be absolute gold for all the Zettelkasten nerds out there, and mm-hmm. like myself, and like and like you as well. And so, yeah, man, we'll get this uh, published, get this shipped out live. And um, and yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time, brother. All right. Yeah. Pleasure. It's been great. All right. Cool. All right. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo freaking hipster crappy product like all the other podcasters do. All right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.